The Names Rewind. Betamax Rewind. The only podcast with fewer listeners than Bond has sequels. Here are two guys that like to think they are a couple of double O's, but really are just a couple of zeros. Matt and Duck. <laughs> Mixing it up a little bit. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, can I, can I do that? Is, is the format, does that allow for, it just, it fit with the... Matt, Matt, yep. it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> okay, I'll remember that. So, uh, hello, everybody. It's Matt. How are you doing, Doug? I'm great. How are you? You know, I'm I'm good. You, you already said. Wait, you already said you were great. Why Why would I Why would I follow that up with a question? Because you just care so much. I do. I do. Sometimes too much. Yeah. So l- let's go ahead and jump right into it. All right. And now it's time for podcast housekeeping. So last week, actually, exceptionally clean. Um. Really, really happy with the the podcast last week. And there are podcasts we've done that are great. There are some that are good. And then there are some that are, well, frankly, not great, Bob. But, you know, good job with with last week's podcast, Doug. I was was really happy with it. I enjoyed it. uh, With that being said. (laughs) We did did forget one clip. Yeah, we we did forget. You want to just go with that right away? Yeah, it's it, this is how Revenge of the Nerds should have ended up. Thank you, Robot Chicken. Oh man, someone put liquid heat in our jock straps. Oh, it burns. Ah! Wow. Stan, you were wonderful. Ah! You're the nerd. Gentlemen, you have been convicted of illegal surveillance, invasion of privacy, multiple counts of assault, identity theft, and rape. You are each ordered to serve not less than 44 years in maximum security prison. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But even though the, the podcast was actually what I call clean, uh, every week, Without fail, there's one point when Jen is listening and she will stop and she will call me on the phone and say, what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) Okay. I think I might know what you're referring to. Uh, And it actually is two things, but one of them was the whole press gobbler thing. (laughs) On the way to your wedding. (laughs) Yes. But during the podcast, I had talked about how I was drinking Chi-Chi's Long Island iced tea. And I had sent you a picture in the, in the middle of the podcast, but I had laid out all of the drinks that I had drank during the podcast, and there were seven of them, and mm-hmm. they were on the counter, and I was going to take a picture of all my dead soldiers and, and send it to you. And while the podcast was processing, I came, I went and walked the dog, and then I came back home and went to take the picture, and they were no longer on the island. And I asked Jen what happened to them. And just the look of absolute disgust from her of okay. how much I had drank. She's like, you have a problem. <laughs> yeah, but it's just once a week, honey. That is true. And honestly, towards the end of that podcast, I was starting to slip into that slurry phase. I wasn't quite there. And I actually did listen to some of the Tango and Cash podcasts this week. And that gets really nasty <laughs> towards okay. the end. So I, I think I exceeded my three beer limit last week, and I was actually cracked a fourth. And when you had revealed this week's movie last week, 
I got really, really excited. And I was actually embarrassed for myself listening to how excited I was. I mean, if I recall, I, I was actually standing while that <laughs> announcement was made. And I think I did a little twirl and a little dance. This is how I should have reacted. Well, guess what? I can feel my little dick getting hard already. And that sounds almost exactly how you mocked me two podcasts ago. I actually, when you had sent me that that clip, and I think it's uh, my, I, I'm getting a hard on or or something like that. Yeah. Or I actually thought that this is what you were sending me. Oh, oh, are we, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing for your eyes only. Oh, that's on my list. That's on my list. Doug is it was so excited. Be the one James Bond movie I was gonna pick. Yeah, yeah. There I am doing my dance. I'm doing uh-huh. a little dance right now. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for for playing that. I'm, you know, I'm flush with embarrassment right now, fucker. No, no problem. Uh, the peach emoji is actually an ass, um, not a pussy. So okay, man, fucked up. All right. Would would like a little kitty cat emoji be? The pussy emoji? I, I don't know. I'd have to talk to some of the younger people that I know. I'm not okay. hip with that stuff. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm sure you get tossed that peach emoji quite often. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Uh, no? No, not so much. Okay. Um, we kind of talked about, you know, teaching our boys that they have to say no. Or, or when a woman says no, you have to listen to them say no. Right. Okay. And... I, it's kind of ironic that we are doing a James Bond movie, and I found this. Now, time for some unfinished business. No, James. Yes. No, James. Yes, you are going to have sex with me. No, James, I don't want to. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Okay, yes. See that? Fifty no's and a yes means yes. That actually Hold was on. Sean Connery. No, it was not. <laughs> Or was the guy who was uh, doing Sean Connery, was was his dentures falling out as well? <laughs> I Did he have a denture problem at the end? I believe so. That's what my missus said. That's why he talked that way. I know that, that Leonard had... Nimoy really had some bad choppers towards the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you had talked about, we had talked about Star Wars, and you had said that there was a line that was added when the stormtroopers were inside the Millennium Falcon in the docking bay of the Death Star. Yes. And you said that that was added in the Disney version? That I was, think so. I wasn't sure. It was actually added in the DVD special edition. Not Okay. Not the special edition that was in the theaters, but the when it was first released on DVD and home video. Okay. All right. I remember being very excited for the DVD releases. Yeah. And I that was where I got the uh the original ones, which are not don't have any like any cleanup, so they're a little bit dirty, but they're still interesting to watch. Okay. Um, we talked about Pirates of the Caribbean, how I thought it was parlay was just a, uh, formality, but it's actually the Pirates Code. Okay. Are you going to play the clip? Your return to Shoro was not part of our negotiations nor our agreement, so I must do nothing. And secondly, you must be a pirate for the Pirates Code to apply, and you're not. And thirdly, the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Kira Knightley looks really good in that movie, and then she got really skinny. Yeah, needs a needs a sandwich or two. Yeah, I had mentioned 
the game Cups from Friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to play. Cups. I'll teach you. Come on, come on. It's really easy. Really, really fun. All right. Okay, here you go. I have two queens. What do you have? A two and a five. Well, <laughs> you win. Fifty dollars. <laughs> Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's play again. Ready? Ooh. What do you got? Four and a nine. You're kidding, right? <laughs> no, why? Well, that's a full cup. <laughs> Damn, I am good at cups. And the whole setup behind that is Chandler is trying to figure out a way to give Joey money because Joey has no money. And then right. what happens on the back end of that? Uh, Joey teaches Ross how to play cups and Ross cleans him out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Okay. Uh, I actually have a new thing. Hopefully I won't have to use it too much, but uh, this is about me. You Batman! (laughs) You very, very Batman! There's something I want to walk back a little bit. Oh, okay. That I said last week. Of course, at the end of this podcast, if you ask me then, I probably will agree with what I said at the end of last podcast. And I want to walk back the statement about being friends with bad people. Um, I shouldn't have said that they are bad people. They are bad friends to me. And I'll just leave it at that. But ask again in three hours. Um, You know what? I pondered on that question quite a bit. Um, And the whole idea of malice comes up right and uh i kind of have to agree with you a little bit yeah i just come based on what's coming up in the next couple weeks i don't want it to be an issue oh and i don't think it would be i i would hope it wouldn't be but uh you never know yeah it's not going to be an issue okay uh, yeah um in revenge of the nerds booger uses the term douchebag right and you had questioned, are douchebags still a thing? So uh, I did a little bit of keyboard hunting and found out that not really douchebags, but more bulbs, douche bulbs. Okay. Um, and a lot of them are enema slash douche kits. Uh, there's a shower system, electronic with five speeds. Uh, and then that took me to pure fiber uh pure for pure for men fiber supplement stay clean stay ready so yeah a supplement that you take to to keep your asshole clean when you're getting railed uh, <laughs> okay but yeah some of the brands summer e- summer's eve balance and yeast guard i could not find mazingill okay so that's surprising because i actually i had something for this as well okay. i i was watching a some stuff on paramount plus Mm-hmm. which is what used to be CBS All Access. Okay. And they have ads before things, mm-hmm. and they had ads for Massengale. Okay. But they were more washes in, like, soaps than actually what I would call douches. So maybe they've gotten away from the douche market, and they're still in the feminine hygiene, hygiene. category, sure. but just yeah, not I mean, in the actual insertion area. I mean, there's wipes. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Like if you've got a dirty cooter, <laughs> okay, because that's what it is. I mean, that's let's not let's not beat around the bush. You, you, you've got five loads dumped in you in the last six days. Yeah, you're going to need a douche. <laughs> this will actually come up in in just a minute in the next segment. Oh, oh, awesome. But uh, have you ever had a time when we're going through the podcast and you think I said something and 
you're not sure, and then you listen to the podcast back, and you're, I'm, I'm just going to let it go. I'll, I'll just let it go. Uh, I, I maybe. I don't know. I mean, we're 65 episodes into this bad boy. A lot has happened. A lot has been kicked out of my hard drive, so there's a good possibility that that has happened in the last year and month and a half. All right, because there's something that happened last weekend, and in the moment, I was sure you were wrong. Okay. And then listening to it back, yes, you were wrong. Okay. But I was, ah, yeah, I'll, I'm just going to let it go. I'm not going to throw Doug under the bus on this one. But the problem is when I am done with my prep for the podcast. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah. That's, that's unlike you to not <laughs> throw me under the bus. I, now I need to know. Oh, oh, it's coming up. I'm about to play it. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So the thing is when I'm done, when I'm done prepping for the podcast, I'm like, okay, I'm done. But if I have days, I will just continuously add and tweak and do this and do that. And this came in literally in the last day. So if we had done the podcast on Saturday instead of Sunday, this would not have appeared. But very late in the podcast, when we were talking about doing for your eyes only this week, you mm -hmm. said this. Well, I also know he plays General Greer's in Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Yeah, Veers. I, I heard that. I heard it. And I was I was kind of hoping that you wouldn't say anything. Yeah, no, I heard that. Dude, I Duh. was... Yeah, I know it's Veers. Fucked up. And that, that, I, know I, I, know, I know you know that. I was three and a half. I was a little sloshy at that point. You heard me doing a dance. <laughs> right before that, I was dancing. Okay. I don't dance on podcasts. Okay. Do you, you have one more thing before we can uh, move I on. Do, I do. Uh, sharks. Oh, yeah. Okay. You had talked about Deep Blue Sea, and you're like, have you seen that? And I'm like, uh, is that where the Australian chick goes? The shocks got smarter? Yes. The shocks got smarter. That's that's lovely Connie Nielsen. That's not Connie Nielsen. Connie. Yeah, it is. Okay, Connie something. No, it's not. <laughs> Who is it then? It's, it's It's not Connie Nielsen, that much I know. Well, Who's Connie Nielsen? I don't know, but I know that that's not Connie Nielsen. Okay. All right. You keep you keep on going. You you play the What Are You Up To song. Thank goodness that the internet... Is always open. It's always open. All right? What have you been up to? I want you to tell... Uh, Saffron Burrows. Correct. Yeah, that's right. I don't. I. I don't know who that is. It's the girl that's in Deep Blue Sea. You're okay. okay. Now I got to see who Connie Nielsen is. I don't if know I where you made... even came. Is that even a person? Con yeah, Con Connie Nielsen. She was okay. She was in Gladiator. Okay. And um, she was the mom in Wonder Woman. Okay. Do you know who that is? She was Marcus Aurelius's daughter. Okay. No, I I don't. I mean, if I saw a picture, I'd probably recognize her. They, do a side by side comparison, and you'll see why I fucked up. Okay, but you yeah. you did, so I'm not gonna play the okay. clip again. But okay. I am gonna play this clip again, however. Uh huh. You Batman, you very very Batman. So earlier this week, Doug asked me to send him my itinerary, 
and I was at work and I was figuring, okay, that's odd. So I sent him a list of all the meetings I had that day. Yes. It's a very douchebaggery thing. And said, okay, well, remind me to talk about how you're a douchebag on the podcast. So there's that. Okay. And then the other part of, and I don't know if this really makes me a bad man because it's my self-conscious. And when I said itinerary, I meant your flight itinerary for when you're coming up here in two weeks. I, I, I knew what you meant. Oh, yeah. You're just being a dick. Yeah, pretty much. So I'm, I'm assuming every now and then you have, you have sex dreams, right? Yes. Now, I had a, a sex dream last night, but mm-hmm. it was weird because okay. usually when you have a sex dream, the, the dream is about like the sex part of it. Uh-huh. This had nothing to do. There was no sex in the sex dream. But okay. I, I was having an affair, and it wasn't a one-time yeah. thing. This was a continuous thing. Yeah, those are bad, man. It's like it's like having a dream of you're robbing a bank or killing somebody. But the worst part about this dream, and I felt uh-huh. bad about it, is uh-huh. I did not feel bad about it in the dream. Oh, okay. in, in the dream, I didn't feel like bad about what I was doing. Uh huh. And okay. so, I, you know, I had to tell Jen about this because I was going to talk about it today. But I okay. felt bad that I didn't feel bad. Okay. In the dream. Okay, I think that's, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's happened to me, and I'm pretty sure that's pretty common. So, yeah. You ever have a dream where you're sucking your own dick? No, I have not. Yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why don't you go? Okay, so I decided that um, I was going to take Facebook off of all of my devices. I had already taken it off my phone. The only device that it was still on was my iPad. I wasn't going to delete my account just because I'm tied to so much shit on my account, but I was just going to remove it and I was just going to be done. And I told you about it. I don't know why I felt it was important that I tell you probably podcast stuff because you do all the posting and you know, I'm like the only one that ever likes it besides maybe two other people. Okay, sure. But it was, it, it, it was turning into a problem. It was one of those things where I was checking it a lot. And, um, what was happening was, Every other post was either an ad or a suggested video, and I was getting sucked into these suggested videos of skateboard montages or sky, or uh, what the fuck do you call it? Where you jump out of an airplane with a parachute? Skydiving. <laughs> there you go, brain fart. Um, and it was just becoming too much, and so now I think I think I'm on like day five, maybe even day six of being off of Facebook. Okay. And the funny thing that has been happening is twice a day for about the last three or four days, I've now been getting emails from Facebook saying, hey, so-and-so posted a picture. You should go look at it. Like, Oh, you didn't get those before? No, okay. I never got those. So are they aware that I'm no longer connected on my devices or just that I have not... You're not checking check- in. I'm not checking in. You're not checking in. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just real interesting. So... Okay. But yeah, it's you know what, but it's 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 actually liberating. The first day or two was tough because, you know, I when I'm working, doing paperwork at the end of the day, I've got my iPad to the left, and usually I'll have something playing while I'm doing data entry. And then I'm just kind of half watching, something mindless. And I'm not kidding, like every five or ten minutes I would pause it and go, Hey, let's see what's going on in Facebook. What are the awesome things that people are doing right now? Oh, nothing. Oh, look at these dudes. Um, skateboarding. Wow, that's cool. Oh, look at these people on rollerblades. It was it was kind of pathetic. I was I was turning into a pathetic human being, and I said, "No, nah, I can't do that. Got to be got to be out of there." 
Okay. Okay. So you had mentioned nasty cooters and I said, uh-huh. that, I said that would come back and this is a really awkward transition, but I was okay. over at my parents' house today. <laughs> okay. And my dad says, Hey, how can I watch a podcast? Okay. And I said, well, you really, most of them, you don't watch, you just listen to them. And so you can listen to them on, you know, you can listen to them on your computer. You can listen to them on your phone. If you have an app installed, you can listen to them on the TV. If you really want to, you can listen to it through like Alexa or whatever. And he has a smartphone, but he doesn't use any apps or anything like that. So my mom hands me her phone. She's like, well, I have a podcast app. Why don't you put it on there? I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. (laughs) And she said, what, you don't want me to listen to your podcast? I'm like, no, I I really, really don't. (laughs) Why are you embarrassed by it? I'm not embarrassed. It's just, there's some things you don't need your mom to hear you say. She's like, well, you don't want your dad to hear. I'm like, I don't care if he hears it. Um, I don't think he's going to really, so I ended up having to set up his phone with a podcast app and I'm assuming he might listen to one if he, he does. Hey dad. Uh, but I, I, I just think it was a thing that he wanted to try, but I just, he, he would have checked out 20 minutes into this podcast already. Oh, most, as, as I'm sure most, most people, people do. Sure. Yeah. Most people do. They're like, this is not the movie that I was, that I came to listen to. I thought this was these a movie are, podcast. Yes. These are two idiots that are just <laughs> rambling on about douchebags. That's a different um, podcast I'm subscribed to. Yes. But actually, no, you are wrong. There are quite a few podcasts that you can watch. Oh, no, I know there are, but I just, the, the ones that like Joe Rogan probably has a video component to it. Yes. But. A lot of them. A lot of the bigger podcasts do. Um, so uh, the day after we recorded was the 4th of July. And um, I had a couple of customers text me on the 4th of July. And both of their texts started off by saying, I'm sorry it's the 4th of July, or I know it's the 4th of July, and I'm sorry to text you, but dot, 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 whatever, issue with whatever. And it's like, well, then just write it on a post-it note and text me tomorrow. Because now I'm the kind of person that if I if I pick up my phone and I look at it and there's red, and now you not being an Apple user, and I still don't know what's wrong with you, it's 2021, Get your head out of your ass and, and buy an apple because that's the best thing to do. <sighs> no, it's different. But, but if I see red on my phone, I have to look. I have to investigate. Who is this person that called me? Who? What is this email? Who is this person that texted me? And the problem with Apple devices, I don't know if um, Androids, if you can do this with Androids. So once you open a text, you can't go back and mark it as unread like you can with an email. Right. Yeah. No, and that's you can't. fucking... That's fucking annoying. You should be able to do that. But now, now that I've opened up this text, now I've got to reply to it because... They know that you've read it. No, I don't have read receipts. Okay. I, fuck that. My wife does that. I'm like, why, why are you letting people know that you've opened up their text? No, don't do that. Don't. Don't, don't do that. Um, but now I have to respond to it because if I don't, then I'll forget about it unless I write it on a post-it note. So now on the 4th of July, now I've got work going through my brain. And... I love my customers, but sometimes it, it's kind of annoying. And people pull that shit on Sundays too, and it's like, no, man, Sunday is—I'm supposed to be completely unplugged. I get it on a Saturday, but don't fucking text me or call me and leave me a voicemail on a Sunday. God damn it, it's somewhat irritating. Okay, you know what reset the clock means? Sort of. So, with a lot of things, with school shootings, with mass shootings. 
with uh, incidents of people getting injured at work. There's like a clock, so many days oh, since last yes. time. And sure. they say when something happens, you have to reset the clock. All right. So for me, I have to reset the clock. You know what that means? Uh, no. When you're feeling blue oh. and there's nothing left to do, you can talk about poop, poop, poop. Did you poop your pants? It's been zero days since I pooped my pants. Do <laughs> you have a chalkboard at home that you write that on? I had been having such a good year. I had uh-huh. not had any problems. And I actually blame Jen for this. Okay. And here's why. Is because, you know, I'll be out walking either with the dog or without the dog trying to get my uh-huh. steps in. Sure. And I'll get that twinge. And, uh-huh. okay, where am I? How far away from home am I? You have do to I kind have of al- calculate things have, in your head. Do I have an alternate site that I can sneak into? Well, that is the whole thing. Is I was in a place yesterday. I was I w- was going for a walk because I knew because of today having hockey, recording this on Sunday, it was going to be tougher for me to get my steps in. So I want to make sure I got my steps in for the day. So I went out for a walk at like 1230. Mm-hmm. I step outside the house. I'm like, hmm, you know what? I'm going to go back inside. I went back inside, took a poop figure. Okay, I'm good now. Mm-hmm. And then I went out and I was walking and I was... Not even to like the end where I turn around, come back, and I felt, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> and I was in a place where it's like I had, I had options. Okay. I could have gone here. I could have gone there. You know, I could have gone into the woods. There was a woods right there. But I just listened to Jen saying, Will you please stop pooping in public? <laughs> right. You have, because you have no problem with getting a road win. Oh, no. Yeah. I know that about you. You can, you, you can, you can win on the road anywhere. But, if you can make it to home base, that's always the ideal situation, correct? Right. But this was a definite crapshoot, pardon the pun. Okay. And uh-huh. I just start hoofing it. And okay. it's one o'clock in the morning at this point, And there's people driving. So every time somebody's driving, I have to stop running because I look weird. Just random dude running <laughs> down the street yes. one o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. Got within 10 feet of my house. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and then, and Jen does not know. She will, she will know as a listener. Hi, Jen. Love you. But she had to wonder why I did laundry last night okay, <laughs> and why I right. took a shower at one thirty in the morning. So was it just a turtle head that poked out that scraped the undies? Oh, no. Or it was the full, it was the full throttle? Oh, it was, it was, it was like a, a soup. <laughs> oh, God. And that's the worst, man. That's, that's awful because then it's, it's like hard to walk. Oh, yeah. You're afraid, okay, okay, if I walk fast, it's going to run down my legs. So you're just kind of slow walking it, you know. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I walked, it got into the bathroom, and then cleaned up. Yeah, it was it was it was terrible. So I, now I'm at day zero. <laughs> okay, all right. So very nice. So this last weekend, I uh, just got back to this afternoon. Uh, we, the family, and myself, and another family, we went camping to uh, a state park called Governor Dodge. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful weather, no bugs, great company, great campsites, um, but. There's a person that comes out uh, anytime we go somewhere for an extended period of time. And that person is Travel Doug. And Travel Doug can be a real cocksucker. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So, and my missus knows about Travel Doug. She's well aware of who Travel Doug is and what he is capable of. And usually what happens when Travel Doug comes out, Travel Travel Doug is a, a fuckstick. Mrs. starts crying. Travel Doug says, great, now I'm the bad guy. And then Travel Doug apologizes about an hour later. Okay? That's kind of the routine of, of what Travel Doug does. So 
uh, with my missus quitting her job, she's like, I'm going to take care of everything. When we do these camping trips, you're not going to have to worry about anything. And I'm like, okay, because I'm pretty particular. You know, you know who I am. You, it's very possible that you've seen a, a small sliver of travel dog, correct? There are, there are moments that come out. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Usually when travel dog gets to his trap destination, regular dog comes out. Um, so I come home from work on Friday, eh, right around lunchtime, and I was kind of telling my missus, look, we can get into the campsite at three. It would be great if we could leave no later than one, because I do not want to travel around the Beltline of Madison during rush hour, pulling a camper on an interstate that I've never pulled before on an interstate before. So I was already nervous. The day before, she had taken the children on an all-day excursion and didn't get anything done. And I'm, the back of my mind, I'm going, that's not good. Because there's shit that needs to get done, and it didn't get done. So I get home, and we're still, you know, I get home noon, and we're still easily two hours away from leaving because there's there's shit that's definitely not done. And it all, Travel Doug really came out when it came time to pack the cooler. Um, and the cooler that I was told to get was too small, so I had to take everything out, including the ice that I had opened up the bag and dumped in. That's fine. Had to get that's had to get the big cooler then, and she's packing it, and I'm just I'm starting to get stressed out. I can feel my blood pressure rising. My face is getting flushed. My ears are getting hot, uh, and Travel Doug comes out, and Travel Doug just is an asshole. I've said Travel Doug quite a bit, haven't I? A little bit. Okay. <clears throat> and then of course she retreats, cries. My oldest comes out. Dad, what did you do? Mom's crying. <laughs> Okay, it happens, man. I'm sorry. You know, we get everything done. We get in the car. Kids put their headphones on. And then the missus and I have a discussion. We figure it out. She acknowledged, yes, I should not have taken the children on an all-day excursion. I acknowledged, yes, I should have trusted you. It's okay if we're running late. That's okay. You know, and I think we've got it kind of nailed down to a system now where hopefully Travel Dog doesn't come out anymore. I hope he doesn't because I don't like that guy. I don't like him at all. So. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I walked away for a minute. Are you done? You're such a dick. <laughs> no, I, I just actually was closing the door. I could still hear it. I saw that my headphones okay. on. All right. So th- this last one I have is I give myself little little notes that I can kind of riff off of. And mm-hmm. the, the title of this one is not nearly as exciting as it should be, but it's called okay. Tits at Work. Okay. And where I work, we have a summer dress policy where you can actually wear shorts. I don't, but shorts and a t-shirt. I usually wear jeans and a nice t-shirt, not like a, you know, ride me, ride free t-shirt, just a, you know, a regular t-shirt or let the fucking begin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Usually I avoid those. Okay. But one thing I've noticed, um, is as I'm walking up the steps to go in the front door is the, the doors are, they're glass, but they almost, look like mirrors so I can see mm-hmm. myself in the reflection. And as I approach 50, I'm starting to get bitch tits. Are you? And I'm not happy about it. <laughs> bitch tits. Nice. Yeah. So that is all I have. Okay. Um, so we camped two nights and our first night, uh, I got pretty hammered. And at five thirty in the morning, uh, at a campsite crossed the road from us. Uh, some people woke up and started talking. And it wasn't... It was... 
Hey, I'm an inconsiderate asshole. How about you? Yeah, me too. I'm a really fucking inconsiderate asshole. 5.30 in the morning, full-blown, loud conversation. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I really wanted to go over there and put a foot in their ass, but I was hungover, uh, probably still drunk. Um, you don't know what kind of weapons people are carrying these days. And it's just better to avoid confrontation at all costs, if you can. Sure. But it was really fucking horrible and inconsiderate. And it, it's, again, reaffirmed my, peop- my, my stance that I fucking hate people. I hate your stupid haircuts. <laughs> I hate your fat guts. I hate the way you fucking dress and your stupid dog that barks. I, I don't like your kids either. It's Camping is great, but camping, it's a different class of people that go camping. It really is. Um, and that's all I should really say about that. Most people who camp are awesome, but there's some really fucked tards that come out that camp that I really hate. Okay. You got anything so, else? No, that's it. That's it. That's all I got. Matt and Doug are at it again. Guess that sound and you are awesome. What movie will it be from? I really want to know. So I, I've been tailoring my sound of the weeks to you so that you should get them, but I don't think you will. Okay. And this week is no exception. So it's kind of okay. long, All right. um, but you should get it and you'll be upset if you don't. You say that every week. Yes. Well, it's true. Okay. closed i heard the dog i'm like okay where's there a dog space something with space then i heard the dog and that fucked me all up okay here's i don't know here's the reveal okay well put on the mask and breathe normally oh. Not talk. Oh. relax yogi our engineers have spent months perfecting this how many times have you done this before you're the first remember when this says 100 turn this not before where are you going? To take care of the supervisor. When Pete goes, his control panel will light up like Christmas tree. Welcome to Austria, General. Uh, come on. Up you go. Come on, hurry up! Okay, so that's the living daylights when they are shooting the dude through the oil pipeline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would not have gotten that without the uh, without the reveal. It's specifically you talked about the living daylights last week. Yes. Uh huh. All right. Just kind of like how you talked about the Princess Bride. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Payback's a bitch. So yes, it is. So okay. Yes, you I know. am thirsty. Oh, 
Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Beverage for the show. What fills up Matt and Doug? Beverage for the show. They are thirsty. My week, I will go first. I am drinking a Chi Cheese. Again? Pink lemonade margarita. Okay. And I am drinking all of my drinks. I alternate between my uh because I was inverted cup and my Betamax rewind cup as my 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 choice for actually drinking from them because since you said you have to drink out of a vessel rather than a bottle, otherwise you are a savage. So Did I say that? When did I say that? Very early. In this podcast? Oh that Oh wow. Not good? That's terrible. <laughs> Fortunately, it's almost all gone. <laughs> okay. Opened up the old gullet there. Yeah. I am drinking a Furious IPA by Surly. I've had this one before, uh, but I bought a six-pack prior to camping, and I had two of them with dinner on Friday and then switched to bourbon. Probably not the best idea, uh, because then I had too much bourbon, which normally would have been a problem, but the fact that I had that on top of two beers really fucked me up. Huge splitting headache the next day. Um, and then I was fighting the ukes because you know what happens when you throw up, when you've already got a bad hangover headache. I always feel better. Oh no. The headache gets like six times worse. And if I, if I try and drink a bunch of water to make that headache go away to hydrate, I just throw up the water. That's just how my system works. Okay. So if I, if I fight the ukes and try and kind of just eat a little bit of food, little bits and pieces here and there. It's a long process, but it's better than the alternative. Sure. So, yeah. So I, I don't need to take a drink of this because I've had it before and I know it's delicious. So, Furious IPA by Surly. Okay. So, this week is my week, obviously, for your eyes only. It had yes. a probably a top 10 single song for it. Uh, number four. Number four. Number so, four. obvious choice to pick the song for the bed. Okay. said my wife is dead a bald man shot her head there's so many girls I wanna lay I will always bang you I will never use a rubber in walks this greedy chick Soon she'll ride my dick. It has to do with the attack. I have to find it, or the world is fucked. I am a spy who will hump for my country. I'll be the guy called a gigolo Killing and humping Fighting and pumping Because my name is James Bond Yeah, maybe you should hang up hang up the old uh, singing pipes, man. <laughs> That's, uh, I actually recorded that twice, two different versions. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, it's not good. 
Yeah, but isn't that kind of the appeal? <laughs> it is a little bit, yes. Uh, Fear Eyes Only was released on June 24th, 1981. It was directed by John Glenn, best known for being the third American in space. He yeah, also, I, was, I was kind of surprised about that. Yeah. And he, was, he was a senator for your great state, too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He also wrote, wrote on the space shuttle. Uh-huh. Uh, he also directed all five Bond films directed or released in the 80s. It was written by Richard Maybaum and Michael Wilson. Both wrote several of the Bond films, and Michael Wilson was nailing the producer Cubby Broccoli's daughter, probably the reason he got the gig. It stars Roger Moore, best known for Spice World, Carol Bouquet, who was in a bunch of shit, but is most, mostly, mostly French. Think, yeah, mostly French. Uh, none of which I've heard of. Uh, Julian Glover, best known for Star Wars, where he played General Greers, and mm-hmm. the indie films. And T'Pol, best known for Flash Gordon. Uh, Lynn yes. Holly Johnson was also now, in why it. Would, why, why would you do that? Do what? We are about to play Welcome Back. No, I'm not done. Okay. Lynn Holly Johnson, best known for, is in it as well, best known for Ice Castles. And Michael Gothard, best known for Life Force. Uh-huh. So now it's time to... Fucking Steven. Wrong one. <laughs> Got a voice of an angel. Welcome back. You've been on this show before. Welcome back. How many times does this make it? You gave away the answer to Welcome Back. And you're listening I, I gave to away one because that's what that's he's best it. known for. No, he's best known for Fiddler on the Roof. Mm. If I was a rich man. Is that a musical? I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> I, I didn't know if that met your your criteria of what a musical is. Yeah, not is. good. It's not good. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure that T'Pol is the only one that we've seen in a, in a previous movie. So oddly enough, when I heard T'Pol, there is a interesting, there's lots of little interesting trivia tidbits about this film. But this was oh. the first Bond film to feature a Bond girl that was actually transsexual. I thought she was not transsexual. I thought the French chick, I thought it was just some other girl that was in, uh, it, it, like the pool scene. Yeah. Her name's Tuva, I believe. She actually was okay. in Playboy. Yeah, but she's not a Bond girl. <laughs> a Bond girl is somebody that he bangs. That's a Bond girl. Okay. Is uh, Melina a Bond girl? Yeah, because he bangs her at the end. He well, you assume. Well, but it, I you what, what do you think he said? Nah, I don't think so. Well, he well, we'll get to him turning down other trim during the film, so. Mhm. Mhm. But the the film starts and it is in a graveyard. And this is where it was a little bit interesting because this film actually felt like it was almost the next film after Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Right, because that is where his wife gets killed and shortly before she gets killed he says we have all the time in the world that's and that's his last words and that's what it says on the gravestone yeah that's her epitaph on her gravestone Mm -hmm. right but a priest runs out and he says that bond's office is called did did you see the name that was on the helicopter no it was universal exports okay does that mean anything to you uh is that the company that um, George was telling about Elaine about her boyfriend. No, that's Vandalay. That's Vandalay Exports. Vandalay Industries. They're 
in, importers and exporters of fine latex products. Okay. Because I have a no. shirt about that. Universal okay. Exports is actually the cover company that Bond works for in all of the films. Oh, I did not know that. But as Bond gets into the wheelchair, he makes the sign of the cross. The and... wheelchair? What? You just said as Bond gets into the wheelchair. I'm I'm reading ahead. I'm sorry. Helicopter. <laughs> okay. Sorry. God damn, this drink is strong. Um, <laughs> as Bond gets into the helicopter, the priest makes the sign of the cross. Yeah, does the priest know? Or yeah, is he the, just... the priest is in on this. Okay. And there is a guy in the wheelchair who eventually is going to take over the helicopter. Who is this supposed to be? Um, Blofeld. But it is never said that he is Blofeld because of legal reasons. Correct. That what was the what was the, the production company that got the rights to him? Uh, well, Eon he was showed, the original, should... and then it was uh, was it MGM that made Never Say Never Again, which was yes. like the unofficial Bond Bond right. with Sean Connery, Sean Con- right? Where he shows, yeah, I saw that in the theater. Um, where he show, yeah, Blofeld shows up in that. So yeah. this was this was Broccoli's way of kind of giving the middle finger to them by killing off this character. Yeah, we don't need Blofeld, even though he's been in so many of the films. Is it Blofeld or Blumfeld? Blofeld. Okay. I'm uh, sorry. That's right. Question he's, though. He's, he's stroking his pussy while he's wearing a sweet <laughs> neck brace. Yes. But Oh fuck now I can't even remember. Um but as the the helicopter or the wheelchair is flying, the pilot is electrocuted with some really shitty special effects. Right. But there are some cool stunts here with the helicopter, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Bond gets out of the helicopter and he removes the pilot and gets back into the helicopter and the hel- yes. the pilot just kind of falls. Yeah, Bond has very little respect for the dead. Well, you know, he's still alive, so he's got to he's got to survive. Yes. And I thought that there was some really great flying and amazing that they actually flew into this warehouse, but they did sure. not do that. They did not. Was that a remote control helicopter or like a toy helicopter? No, it was actually done with special effects with force force perspective. Okay. And then when they actually show the helicopter going through the warehouse, it's actually on a rail. Oh, all right. And. Is this where you want the bad music, or is that later? Yeah, yeah, because Bond pulls out the remote control. And the whole time that this is going on, and this is evident through the entire film, just really bad background music. Yeah, you can hear the helicopter. Yeah. It's a tail end of disco, so you can blame it's, that. It's like Gloria Stefan is going to come out there with her maracas and... The rhythm is going to get you. The rhythm is going to get you. <laughs> but Bond pulls the remote control wiring and regains control. Yes. And, and Blofeld is sitting in his wheelchair or helicopter on top of the a factory. And he is upset as Bond emerges from the factory in the helicopter. And Blofeld tries to basically roll away from him. <laughs> I'm going to get out of here. Yeah, with this little remote control. Um, yeah, but then he, he takes the skin of the helicopter and picks up the wheelchair right and did you catch the things that blofeld is saying to bond as he is on the skid and bond is flying towards the smokestack i'll buy you a delicatessen and stainless steel yeah (laughs) the fuck apparently that is some kind of a mob thing okay and i i was kind of confused by that as well but and he also says uh bond says all right keep your hair on (laughs) right and then he drops Blofeld in the wheelchair into the smokestack. And that was pretty cool. I wonder how many times they had to do that, because that had to be not an easy thing to do. 
Yeah, and as he's going down the smokestack, he's going, ah! But I, in my opinion, I think he'd be like ping-ponging back and forth on that motherfucker. Oh, yeah, he would not have a straight ride down. He would be like exactly ping-ponging back and forth against the sides. It would not not turn out good for him. Right. It would be like, um, oh, wait, Homer Simpson was in the... Bart was going to ju- jump some canyon, Springfield Canyon, okay. and Homer did it instead and almost made it. And then as the helicopter is picking him up in the stretcher, his head is hitting every rock on the way up. Right, yeah. I know what you're familiar, or you're talking about, yeah. Okay. But uh, it goes into the theme song. And mm-hmm. I did forget to ask, did you see this in the theater? Mm-mm. I saw this. I remember my sister seeing this in the theater, and my sister being the feminist that she was back in 1981 when she came home and from seeing it in the theater that during this opening credits where they show the naked women swimming that she said she stood up and she said oh my god i can't believe they're doing this it's a well, bond staple it it, has, all, it was in almost all of them i know but this was probably the first james bond movie that she had seen in the theater because i want to say that there were quite a few James Bond movies that were movies of the week on like ABC. Yes. And that's why I remember as a kid seeing them, but never being able to finish them because I had to go to bed. So this, that's why I said last week, this was the first James Bond movie that I saw from beginning to end. And it was at my friend Luke's house, who was just a couple of houses down and they had HBO and we watched this one afternoon after school. Yeah. I I remember seeing this either renting it, or seeing it on select TV, one of the two. Mm-hmm. But I I remember this being one of the first Bond films I'd ever seen uncut. Yeah. Because yeah. So, a, a like, lot of them I had seen probably on the ABC movie of the week or whatever, but this was probably the first one that I saw in its intended format. Sure. Now, okay, th- this is important because it's for the question at the end. Um, was there nudity? Did we see nipple? Could that be considered full nudity? According to me, yes. According to you, no. Okay. Because it's still, it's more silhouettes than anything else, correct? Right. But there's a couple where that, at the but end. She, uh, at the end, but I, I, but I, but I want to say there's credits over her nipples. They're strategically placed, sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. C- carry on. But the, the theme song starts, the credits roll. And For your eyes only. Which I've had that song in my fucking head all week. I, I could just, not figure out a way to make that. Because the very first thing it says is for your eyes only. There's no start. So there is no way for me to work that in to the, the song. I'm a big homo. You could have <laughs> sung that. They're on a fishing boat. and <laughs> There's a dude having a heater. Yeah, a random dude is smoking a heater. And he walks downstairs through the hold and into a hidden room. Correct. It's a high-tech for the 80s room. Right. So, okay, were those actual Greek fishermen? Or were those stu- were those like guys in the Royal Navy pretending to be Greek, Greek fishermen? I'm assuming they have to be guys that are in the Royal Navy because they would definitely go b- below deck and they'd wonder who these random schmoes are because there was enough of them on there. Okay. But a guy has to handcuff himself to, to the workstation, which... Didn't make sense to me. Mm-mm. And I can see yourself. I can see you being handcuffed to the ATAC system. Right, but not to the workstation itself. Correct. And just to make sure that we know what it is, there's a big sign over it that says ATAC. 
And what does okay. ATAC stand for? I don't know. Automatic Targeting Attack Communicator. Okay. But it looks like a cash register. It looks like a Commodore 64. No, no, it doesn't. You don't think so? No. Okay. But a red life, a red light starts going off, and the fishing trawler has brought in a mine. Big-ass right. mine. A big-ass mine, probably left over from the Nazis right. back in 1941-42, which, uh, yeah. What are they in? The AGNC? A GNC? Sure. I think they are. Yeah. You ever see um, The Guns in Averone? Uh, no. With Gregory, Gregory Peck? No. David Niven? Nope. You should. It's a good movie. Nope. And then the follow-up, Force 10 from Averone, which unfortunately I think is 1978 with uh, Harrison Ford and Carl Weathers. Okay. That's equal, equally good. Not as good as The Guns of Navarone, which revolves around Greek islands and rescuing British soldiers and blowing up some big guns. Well, well you, you really, mentioned Carl really Weathers. Good. Yes. Carl Weathers obviously played Apollo Creed in Correct. several of the Rocky films. I forgot to mention that the movie, this movie was actually supposed to be directed by somebody else. An American. Steven Spielberg, I think. Uh, besides Spielberg. Um and Spielberg actually went on to direct, I think, Raiders instead of this one. But yes. the one, the guy, other guy that was supposed to direct this actually had to pass on this because he was directing what other 1981 film? I don't know. Death Hunt. Really? Yes. Excellent. All right. Yeah, and apparently Broccoli said when, when, they, when they wanted to give it to Spielberg, he said, no, only British directors for Bond movies. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, that's fine. And they had similar things with like actors for different things like in Harry Potter, because Spielberg wanted to direct Harry Potter, but he wanted to do it with uh, the guy from AI, the kid. Oh, God. Yeah. But anyway. Haley, Haley Joel Osment? Yes. Yep. Is that the name? Is yep. That? That's correct. AI. Yeah. AI. Yeah, not a good film. I saw that in the theater. I remember my friend Brad, who I lived with, who I've mentioned several times on this podcast. Mm hmm. Went to go see that with his, his brother, Chris. And that was the second time his brother, Chris, had seen it in the theater. And after it, my friend Brad looked at his brother, Chris, and said, I can't believe you went to see this the second time. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the guy who is handcuffed to his workstation is trying to destroy the ATAC. And we see a, a shot of a model boat sinking. Yes. <laughs> Obviously a model boat. And the guy is reaching for the self-destruct and cannot, just cannot get to it. Correct. And then we cut to what? Uh, the defense minister's office. Yes? First seal order, vice admiral, here, sir. Send them in. Shocking news, minister. I'm afraid we've lost our electronic surveillance ship for St. George's, sir. We had a routine message of 1,600 hours yesterday. Then nothing. We sighted floating debris this morning. My God, Jack. How deep is the water there? Not deep enough, I'm afraid. So, Q does not make an appearance in this movie. No. Do you know, do you know why Q... does not make an appearance. I'm sorry, M does not make an appearance. Do you know why M did not make an appearance in this movie? Because the guy who had played M in all the previous Bond films died... He, no, he had stomach cancer, and they actually shot a scene with him in it, and you could tell, yeah, that dude's got stomach cancer. We can't put that in the film. And he was not able to shoot all of it, and they actually, out of respect rather than recasting it, they 
redid the scenes that he was supposed to be in, and Q actually took the place of M in some scenes later in the film. Okay, all right. But now we're at the Kremlin, and um, M's counterpart, who we've seen in a bunch of other Bond movies. Right. Does he have an eye patch? I don't think so. No, not this guy. Not that. There was Blofeld that had the eye patch, correct? Right. Yeah, this guy, like the the Russian version of M, is talking about the, the ATAC, and what does he have walk in? He's got a little chippy. Yeah, a hot piece of ass secretary <laughs> who's kind of like rubbing his shoulders. And had we stayed on that scene for another five seconds, we would have seen her unzip his pants and suck his cock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it's good to be the king or well, the chief in the Kremlin. Right. But they're going to contact their normal person in Greece. And the whole fa- the whole thing about Greece and Greek comes up multiple times in this film. Mm-hmm. So now we actually cut to Greece and right. we see a woman in the plane. This is Melina. It took me forever to figure out what her actual name was in this. I kept on writing Elena. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's a woman in a plane and then there's a guy on a boat that has a bird. Mm-hmm. And this bird repeats stuff that is said to it, which is. Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? And this bird actually did appear in another James Bond film. Really? Yeah. I do not remember which one off the top of my head, but I just remember that the bird actually does make a, an appearance in another film. Okay. But his big thing to say, the bird, that is, is give us a kiss, give us a kiss. Yes. And the woman that gets dropped off by the plane is known by a bunch of people around the boat. And the guy with the bird is her dad. He is right. an archaeologist. That's what you'd call him, right? An archaeologist? <sighs> um, yeah, I... Um, salvage. I would, I would call him more. You don't salvage stuff that is thousands of years old. Fine antiquity salvager. Okay. Or an archaeologist. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) But the the plane that has just dropped Melina off circles around Mm -hmm. and then kills her dad. And I'm guessing her mother-in-law. It's, or her mother, you mean? I thought it was her mother-in-law. Why would it be her mother-in-law? Because she refers to her dad. She never refers to her mother. Yeah, but her mother-in-law would mean you mean stepmother. Stepmother, I'm sorry, you're you're correct. Okay, it's interesting that nobody saw the machine gun mounted on the bottom of the float plane. Eh, well, you know, you, you're not necessarily looking for those things. But she has okay. these beautiful green eyes. Yes, and they zoom in on those eyes, and it immediately speaks revenge, revenge, revenge. This, this was actually supposed to be the pre-credit sequence for the film, mm-hmm. and they they changed it for two reasons. Number one. It was really up in the air whether or not Roger Moore was going to return as James Bond for this film. Okay. And then also because of the whole Blofeld thing, it was Broccoli's way of basically saying, fuck you guys. We don't need this character. We can do it without him. Well, and also, you know, what's the line from Brubaker where the one guy is trying to pay off Robert Redford? Yeah. Um, are you familiar with Brubaker? Uh, no, I'm, I know what it is, but I've never seen it. It's where he takes over a prison and like some country yokel is trying to pay him off. I think gives him a pie with, with a big envelope of money. Or is that Shawshank Redemption? Okay. Anyways, this guy basically says to Robert Redford, you don't fuck with tradition. Um, and that's tradition is that opening credit scene is James Bond. Yeah. And... The one thing usually, I, usually something unrelated to the film, to the story, correct? 
Uh, it it depends. It's about half and half. The one okay. thing I found out that I did not know before is the person in the the eye in the tunnel was not Sean Connery in Sean Connery's films. Yeah, I I had never heard that before, but this was the first time that actually was, oh, that's, Bond yeah, done it's, Whoop, it's it's Whoopi Goldberg, <laughs> right? But we we see uh, money Carol, Penny. Ch- Car- Carol Channing, <laughs> housekeeping. Uh, okay, <laughs> we, we see Money Penny getting all dolled up. Yes, and that's exactly what it says. Money Penny dolling herself up for Bond, and we see the hat being thrown on the hat rack, and this is actually. Uh-huh showed up in multiple Bond films yes. before this. Uh-huh. And actually, here is where in my notes it says, Amazon leave, you know why. My my question is, how come Bond never banged Moneypenny? Because she's an old bag. And? <laughs> it, for the age of Roger Moore, it would have been age appropriate. <laughs> if we get into that a little bit in just yeah. a minute. But Bond walks into the M's office where the minister is. And there's this kind of plot dump or exposition dump of what's going on in the film. Correct. Are you aware of our ATAC system, WSM? ATAC, sir? Automatic targeting attack communicator. Uses an ultra-low frequency coded transmitter to order our submarines to launch ballistic missiles. Hmm. Missiles. Kind of like me saying curtains. <laughs> yeah. You're saying it weird. The people that were killed, so Melina's mom and stepmom, mom, dad and stepmom, god damn it, yes. uh, were, were working secretly for the British government. And yes, because the official salvage was out of the question. This needed to be under the cover of darkness, basically. But before we cut to, to Greece again, the envelope that is handed to Bond from the minister actually says, for your eyes only on it. Yes. And well, th- it, that's actually repeated by Melina at the very end of the film. Right. But it's this is where it's revealed that her parents were killed by Gonzalez. Right. Uh, who is a Cuban hitman. And we we go to Greece and No, we're going no, that's Madrid. They're in Madrid. Oh, I'm sorry, Madrid. And yes. what is Bond driving? A nineteen eighty Lotus Esprit Turbo. See, I, I wouldn't have been sure that it was a Lotus, except for the fact that it says Lotus in huge fucking letters on the car. <laughs> right. What right. shouldn't he be driving something that doesn't stand out? A little bit inconspicuous, maybe. Yes. Yeah, like like basically what Molina is driving later on. Yeah, the piece of shit car. Um the Pu- the Peugeot. But a, a security card is getting some as Bond starts sneaking around the estate. And Correct. The estate is filled with beautiful people. Yeah, pretty nice life for a Cuban hitman. And th- there was some weird music here, which this was the other place where the, the music thing could have went because there's some really odd music that that goes on in this scene. And sure. there's a guy in a suit, and I call him the money man for the rest of this, my notes. Is this Locke? Yes, Locke. The guy with the glasses? Yes, exactly. Who who doesn't, who's, who shows up, what? 10, 12 times in this movie and does not have a single line of dialogue. Yeah, he has one line of dialogue. And that's... Ah! No, he has one word he says. What's the one word? It comes up later. Are you sure? I am positive. I thought it was a death scream that that's all the, the only thing he said. Just wait for it. Wait okay. for it, Doug. Okay. All right. But all right. Locke gives uh, the pilot a briefcase full of money mm-hmm. and Bond hears something and he goes after it and he gets caught yeah. And he is taken in front of Gonzalez. 
Correct. Were his penny loafers kind of squeaky, you think? <laughs> but uh, Gonzalez talks to Bond about his gun. Yes. A Walter PPK. Standard issue, British Secret Service. License to kill or be killed. So I, here is, this is the first of multiple times that Bond gets captured during this film. Right. There are two things that I can think of off, off the top of my head that Bond is synonymous with. Being a spy mm-hmm. and nailing women. And his Walter PPK. Well, yeah. Which well, Daniel Craig does not use. Daniel Craig uses, I think, a SIG. SIG Hauer? SIG Sauer. Is it Sauer? No, it's Sauer. Yeah, it's SIG Sauer. S-A-U-E-R. Okay. But... Pop quiz, hotshot! In all of the Bond films, including up until the most recent one, which was Spectre, Mm -hmm. there have been how many Bonds? Six. Okay. Of those six Bonds, how many of them had a film where they only slept with one person during a film? Two. Nope, nope, nope. Four. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, you are correct. You are correct. This one, uh, Living Daylights. And then two of Really? No. Okay, so Diamonds Are Forever. So that is Connery. Okay. For Your Eyes Only, which is Roger mm-hmm. Moore. Mm-hmm. Goldeneye, which is Pierce Brosnan. That's right. He doesn't bang the chick with super On the top, yeah. Legs. Yeah. And then Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace with Daniel Craig. So Timothy Dalton and George Lazenby, across their three films, um, managed to sleep with at least two women in each film. Some serious wolf slayers. Yeah. But so Bond gets taken away and the pilot Gonzalez gets shot with an arrow. And as Okay. Hold on. Hold on. This yeah. is this, this. Okay. So he's on the diving board and he jumps and he's kind of, what is, what would you say? Is he parallel to the water when he gets shot with an arrow? Parallel or slightly down yes. facing. But the arrow is perpendicular to him, to his body. Oh, she, she skipped it off the water. Yeah. She skipped <laughs> it off the water. But Bond uses this as in is a distraction so he can actually escape and he uses yes. a pool umbrella as a makeshift kind of parachute. To jump off the wall, yes. And then yeah, he comes face to face with Melina and she saves his ass with the crossbow. Right. And I don't know if you notice this part or not, but Locke when 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 Locke first hands the money over to Gonzalez, what does Gonzalez do after he opens up the briefcase full of money? Oh, uh, I don't know. What he he hands like a stack to like one of the whores that's at the pool. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah, those are all whores. Those are whores. Well, you know, I, I, I think yes. that's the first thing. Just say statement. yes. Just say yes. <laughs> okay. But as, as Locke is collecting the money, he grabs the briefcase and he takes the stack back. <laughs> from Does the, he? Yeah. <laughs> nice. And there's a security guard that is trying to break into Bond's Lotus mm-hmm. and it doesn't work out too well for him. No, the because uh, most of those Bond cars have a security system that if you try to smash into it, we see this in um, Robocop oh, Two. 
No. <laughs> What's the Daniel Craig one with um, where he goes to his childhood home? Uh, oh God, it's it's not Spectre. It's the one before Spectre. It's Skyfall. Bar- Skyfall. Skyfall, which I love. It's great. Um. Uh, yeah, his car window gets smashed there and it blows up. But that's I think that happens in several of the Bond movies. And Bond and Melina go to. She has a shitty little car. A little yellow Peugeot that's kind of got the half oval roof with the with the shitty sunroof. Right. And the bad guys are chasing them, and mm-hmm. there's a chase down these little streets in the village. Correct. Yeah. And what happens? She drives. Wow, I haven't pulled that one for a long time, man. But their car tips over. Yes, but, but the villagers help them push it back up. Well, it only weighs like a buck fifty, so correct. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that hard. It's like aluminum. <laughs> and uh, Bond says, "I think I'm going to drive," yes. and they can't. He can't get it started though. So what do they do in order to get the car started? They push start it like a moped. Yeah, and they pops the clutch. Correct. And the bad guy car pulls up alongside of them, and they're holding their guns, but they're, they're not, not shooting. shooting. Them. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just love the fact that Bond is is drifting this little sh- shitty Peugeot. Right. And like, you know what? At the, okay, so this is... These guys are all hired guns. Okay? Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Your boss just gets killed, which means you're not going to get paid anymore. Wouldn't you just kind of be like, Yeah, I'm done. All right, fellas. <laughs> let's, let's go home. Okay. You guys want to meet at the boss, bar? <laughs> boss is dead. And but, as they're driving, they're, once again... In my notes, it says very disco music yes. going on here. Yes. And and actually, you said it here, but in my notes, it says the two cars are, are next to each other. Why wouldn't they just shoot them? <laughs> Correct. But right. they tumble down the hill. And They're going through, what are they, what are they harvesting? Almonds? Almonds, walnuts, something like that. Dates? And But there's, dates, very bad. Um, There's some sped up film here. No, 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 no. Bad dates. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Come on, really, man? Really? That's I, like me saying General Greer's. No, that's much, much less worse. But <laughs> the uh, um, there's some sped up film here, which looks terrible. Yes. It, it just, and here, here's the thing that, and this will come up in, in a minute. I did not know this until I read through the IMDb notes. Almost all the underwater stuff is not actually underwater. Correct. And that's amazing because I could not tell. Right. But as they're driving, Bond stops short. And grabs some boob, as what one is wont to do. And as they're driving, like the, the bad guy cars are going on the road and they're kind of like circling because the road is going back and forth down this hill. And yeah, it's like a, it's like a serpentine. And, and Bond's car is just basically going straight down over each road. Did that remind you of any other film that we've watched? <sighs> 20 years. It, it's been, there's. Oh, there's been 60 of them. I can't pick out which one it is. <laughs> yeah. Is that how you really think I talk about? Because you have a OCD. <sighs> Throw mama from the train. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah when they're when it. they're going okay. down the hill. Okay, and yeah, but I was thinking like a serpentine road. I would, like no, that. I'm talking about when, with Bond and Melina going down. They're not on the road. They're just kind of like going across. And at one point, they skip over the car. And I want to say it's a very similar car as well. But... The bad guy car ends up in a tree, and then we get the signature. Hold on a second. The first car ends up on its roof. Right. And it kind of spins around, and then the other bad guy car, yeah, launches and ends up in a tree. And 
This is what's interesting about this movie. Because we see it a couple of times throughout this movie. Is in a James Bond movie or any other kind of action movie. All the bad guys would be killed. Did you find that unusual that a lot of the bad guys didn't die? So this is weird because there are consistencies across the different bonds and Roger Moore was a little bit more of the, the wacky bond. Okay. Compared to some of them. And this is of all of Roger Moore's films, probably the heaviest of them, which will come up a little bit later when he kills one guy, Roger Moore actually had an issue with it where he said, this is a very James Bond thing to do, but it's not a very Roger Moore James Bond thing to do. Correct. And it is a, a very weird mix of, people not getting killed a team style and then lots of people getting killed. Right. But after the last bad guy car ends up in a tree, we get, and we get this in every bond film is the signature James Bond line. Oh, by the way, we haven't been properly introduced Melina. My name is Bond, James Bond. And then we go to the hotel and she is packing and there is a back and forth because Bond knows that Melina wants revenge mm-hmm. and, and Bond has a a learned thing to say to her. Yes. The Chinese have a saying. Before setting out on revenge, you first dig two graves. I don't expect you to understand. You're English. But I'm half Greek. And Greek women, like Electra, always avenge their loved ones. You know what Greek means, right? It means that she takes it in the ass also. What does Greek mean sexually? Greek love is sometimes used to refer to anal intercourse, and nowadays even, doing it the Greek way still describes anal intercourse. Thank you, YouTube. Nice computer voice. (laughs) I didn't create the video. (laughs) So we are now back at uh, MI6 headquarters. And- right, and Bond, Bond, Bond is kind of getting roasted a little bit. If we could identify No, that no, 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 hold on a second. Why? Hold, hold sure. on. Hold. First, there, we're, we're going to get to that clip. But the ministers are basically saying, Bond, you fucked up. You killed... The, you weren't supposed to let that guy die. You were supposed to question him. And he's like, well, it's not, it's not my fucking fault. Like, yeah. <laughs> then, he get, then he says this. If we could identify that someone... Why don't you try the identigraph? Mm. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, get cracking, 007. Mm. <laughs> Minister? And he, he goes down to the computer lab <laughs> and Gilbert is there. <laughs> Why don't you try the identigraph? <laughs> that whole, I watched it like three or four times because it just cracked me up. And then the minister's like... <laughs> <laughs> shaking his head yes. But yeah, now he goes down to the lab and this is where we see Q. Right. And <laughs> you this is to... usually this is usually where he gets some gadgets. Right. No gadgets in this film. That was on that was intentional. I know it was. And that was, was because what movie were they coming off of in the Bond franchise? Um was an Octopussy because Octopussy Octopussy was after. Uh, I and I like Octopussy. I know a lot. Of, yeah, Moonraker Moon, exactly. Moonraker. And Moonraker is like the Star Wars Bond film. Right. Which they wanted to say, they wanted to pull back, not be so reliant on gadgets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
And this whole scene is very, it's a staple of, of the Bond films. And yes. the, the tech in the identogram or identograph. Well, hold on a second. First, we have to go to, there's a guy named Smithers. Ah, yes, Mr. Burns. Ah, yes, Smithers. But what does he have on his, what, is his, what does he have on his arm? Is the cast? Yes. Yeah. And the cast swings out away from the guy's arm and smashes the dude's head. Do you know who that and is? The guy who plays Smithers? Yes. Who? Who? Oh, dog! I can't believe you don't know this. I didn't. I didn't look at his face. Jeremy Bullock. Jeremy Bullock. Who's Jeremy Bullock? Boba Fett. Are you serious? One hundred percent. Wow, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Okay, and then what's the other gadget? <sighs> I, I do not remember. Oh, oh, it's the uh, umbrella that collapses on the person. It has is- spikes. Spikes come out and then collapses, and Bond's like, "Oh, stinging in the rain." <laughs> <laughs> but once they yeah, get into now the, they, but they, the they, they use a, like a little keypad, and there's a song that is played. I think it's "Nobody Does It Better" is the thing that is actually typed out. It's the okay. the melody from "Nobody Does It Better." All right, which is from a previous Bond film. Mm-hmm. But in the scene where they're actually identifying the guy, the tech here is so funny. And I said they, sh- they should have got Gilbert from last week's movie to do this because okay. he can just like, you know, quickly type it up and it'll come right in there. And right. that was considered high tech then. Sure. This is one of two scenes that made me openly laugh out loud. Okay. Because it was so ridiculous. But Bond is on his way to Italy. And what is he? Well, hold, on, so, hold, Go ahead. hold on a second. So they identify this guy, the the man who paid Gonzalez, as Emil Leopold Locke, and he is working for Greek smugglers. And that is actually who the character Locke from Lost was named after. I just don't believe you, Matt. I don't. I don't. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, he's in northern Italy because that apparently that's where uh, they think Locke is going. And And what is Bond driving? Now he's got a red lotus. He's got another lotus. Right. And he is checking into the hotel from The Shining. Correct. And as he's checking in, is this your clip here, Doug? Yeah, this is this is where he's uh he checks into the he, he gets into his hotel room, but uh there is a um unwanted guest. And what's really interesting is for some reason Roger Moore switched to an American accent. <laughs> Nocturnal. Nocturnal vigil. Thunder pussy. We thought you were dead, killed by one of your own. A clever ruse so that you could remain underground. I'm sorry, sir. I do not know what you're talking about. I'm just here to do the cleaning. I'll come off it, Nocturna. I'd hope to meet up with you someday. We had a mutual friend. A man named Lombard. I'm sorry, sir. Do you not know anybody by that name? Oh, yes, you do. He told me all about you before he died from the poison you put in his drink. He told me you had the blackest heart and the hottest pussy of any dyke he'd ever met. Your heart doesn't interest me, Nocturna. I'll take his word for that. But your pussy, now that I'll have to see for myself. Take off your clothes. And now it's time for Name That Porn Star. See, I'm learning, Doug. I actually did it so I transitioned it at the same time. Nice, nice. 
I actually do recognize the voice. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to be upset that I don't know it because it's one I'm never going to get. So I have no idea. It's uh, from a 1980s porno called For Services Rendered. And I, uh, her name is Jeanette Little Dove. Okay. So then I wouldn't know it. I, I'm not familiar with her work. Okay. But Bond in the actual movie checks into his room. And what does he have in his room? I don't know. There's a fruit basket. Oh, is there? Yeah. Which okay. means that... See, you, you you notice these little things, and then you always ask me... Yeah, that, that's kind of what the point like, of the podcast and, is. And I'm, I'm always like, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching, but not that closely. So there's a fruit basket there, which means he must have been there for her. For so uh, have you ever thought about being there for her? What do you mean? <laughs> you know, just be there for her. Not following you. Think about it. Let's give you another turn. <laughs> Me again? Sure. Why not? <laughs> Boy, somebody's gonna get a big fruit basket tomorrow <laughs> second week in a row i get to pull a clip from the first season ender of friends yes and joey walks into the apartment and chandler is sitting in the chair surrounded by fruit baskets and what does he say hey we got any fruit <laughs> <laughs> but he goes into the bathroom and he turns on the hot water which creates a lot of steam and there's a message on the mirror for him right He's supposed to meet somebody at a certain at, time at a certain place. At Tawana at 10 a.m. And the guy that he actually almost bumped into walking to the hotel is there. What is his name? The guy that he was supposed to meet? No, the guy he does meet. Oh, Luigi. I'm a Luigi, number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an Italian Secret Service contact. <laughs> um, and he has a contact. Who is Greek? And, and what's the Greek's name? Uh, Christados. Christados, yes. And they are meeting at the Olympic ice rink. Right. And Bond meets the guy, Christados, who is played by Julian Glover, mm -hmm. the Holy Grail guy or General Greers. General Greers, yes. And his protege, BB, is out skating. Yes. And the money man, Locke, is in the stands. Correct. And the ice skater is all into Bond at this point. She's she's quite smitten. Um, and her trainer, whose name is? Ivana. 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 Ivana Humpelot. She wants James to escort her to the biathlon. And in, in, in as I'm watching this, isn't he a little, and by a little, I mean a lot, <laughs> too oh, old yeah. for her? Uh, just, just a tad. But uh, Christados knows Locke, mm -hmm. and they used to work together. And this whole scene... No, no, he, he does... No, he knows Locke is Columbo's right Oh, you're right. I'm man. sorry. And, and Christados used to work with Columbo. Columbo. Right. And Columbo is involved in drugs, slavery, um, and murder, and is... Is, is the head of the, an organization known as the Dove. And this whole scenery reminded me of Vale. Have you ever been to Vale? No, but I, I mean, I've, obviously, I've, I've seen Dumb and Dumber. 
Or is that Aspen? It might be. They're all the same. Yes, they're all the same. But I, I remember uh, Bob Jansen was mm-hmm. living, I think, in Vail. And I was teaching in Denver. Okay. And I flew in one night and I had like a day to kill before mm-hmm. I had to teach a class. So I drove out to Vail to see him in a fucking blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> and we hung out for like a night and he had a bird. And <laughs> he's like, you want to get a tub? <laughs> and we just hot tub for like a couple hours. I okay. slept and then I went home. So that was my, my Vail experience. All right. But nice. in, in this city, uh, Bond sees Melina. And he parts ways with Luigi to follow her. And what is she buying? She's buying a crossbow. Why wouldn't she just travel with that? I, uh, you know, get, getting into Italia, Italy with a crossbow. Um, you know, the guards at the border might be like, what do you get this crossbow for? Are you going to go murder somebody? Hey, eat this up a spaghetti. It'll make you, it's so good to make you cry. <laughs> Why is that so funny? So your next gig is going to be doing like soundtracks to like Mario games. Right. But uh, Bond ducks into a florist. Yes. And he sees uh, guys on motorcycles are trying to take, in my notes it says. What are are their wheels? Uh, Spikes. Spikes. Well, they were originally supposed to be snowmobiles and it was added. And honestly, this whole part, this whole next section with the the skiing and the bobsledding and the motorcycles, the stunts are fucking amazing in this. Yeah, except except one of them, one of the stuntmen died. Yeah, well, that's what happens when they're amazing. <laughs> You're right. But uh, Bond is hiding in a florist, and there's actually a a girl, the girl who won a Be a Bond Girl contest in Playboy was that florist. Oh. And she ended up doing, I don't, it had to have been in the magazine because that was before online, but she had some kind of spread in Playboy. I just read that in IMDb notes. All right. Very nice. But the guys on the motorcycles are trying to take Melina. At this point in my notes, it still says Marlena. Um, Okay. But Bond saves her. And she says that, what is the reason that she is there? Uh, Because that she received a telegram to meet him there. Right. And he basically is sending her on her way. He wants her to get the fuck out of Dodge. And mm-hmm. the driver of this uh, horse-drawn carriage is kind of like laughing his balls off about the fact that they're oh. fighting. Okay, okay, okay. So I got to ask this. While they're in the carriage and it's like close-ups of their face, yep. are they in a fucking movie studio? Her voice is dubbed. And I, that, that I know. Her voice is dubbed, but the background... Just it doesn't look real, man. Uh, that I don't it, know. It, and this was it the looks point. like it looks like they're sitting in a horse carriage, and there's like plywood, painted plywood sheets going past them to make it look like they're moving. It's possible that they had to do some pickups here, but yeah. I, I I didn't notice that. All I know is at this point, Jen actually asked, "Is her voice dubbed?" I did not catch it, but her voice was dubbed. But Correct. the ironic thing is, she actually did the dubbing for her character's voice in French. For the French version of this film. Right. Yes. Yeah. But Bob basically convinces her, let me do the job. Let me take care of this. And he he does this by explaining a little bit. He doesn't give her like the full boat of what's going on, but he says that her dad was involved in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And as they are, as this whole thing is playing out, I, I noticed the scenery here is beautiful. It's, it's amazing. It's, it just is so serene. 
Yes. And Bond goes back to his hotel and his door is ajar. Right. So he pulls out his Walther PPK, kind of jumps in there and who's waiting in bed for him? Uh, she's not in bed. Oh, that's right. She's in the bath, the bathroom. Right. Comes with the bathrobe out, then jumps in his bed and takes the bathrobe off. Yeah, it's Peavy. And why can't he bang her? Actual age difference between her and Carol Bouquet, one year. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. But he turns her down, and she is offended. And (laughs) they have kind of this, this back and forth. And Bond says that her sponsor will not be happy with her. And she says this. Don't you like me? Why, I think you're wonderful, baby, but I don't think your Uncle Ari would approve. Him? He thinks I'm still a virgin. Yes, well, you get your clothes on. I'll buy you an ice cream. I'm pretty sure he rolls his eyes when she tells him she's not a virgin. Now, if if, if this had been a younger Bond, I think this mm-hmm. plays out a different way. She, oh, you think he nails her? Uh, you know, it's it. Roger Moore is getting a little old in the tooth, a little long in the tooth yeah, here. But I think, okay, I think that most of the time. 95% of the time, when Bond nails somebody, it's for country and queen. No, I I don't. I, I would disagree with that percentage. I think it's way okay. lower. All right. Okay. But now they're skiing, and they are watching the biathlon. But this is another and, Bond staple, is skiing. It's happened yeah. probably in at least 12 different Bond films. Okay. Yeah, and one of the Pierce Brosnan movies. Um He's on some like parasailing wind <laughs> ski or something like that. Oh yeah, that's the one with the invisible car. That's see, and that's the thing. It's, as you get into some of those later Pierce Brosnan movies, Brosnan, 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 it's like they are a parody of James Bond. Right? It, they're ridiculous. They're absolutely ridiculous. And you know, it is kind of like the the script. It's it's not Brosnan's fault that the scripts no. were fucking ridiculous. Yeah, Goldeneye is awesome. Yeah. Everything it, after that that Pierce Brosnan does, shitty. The beginning of, uh, gosh, uh, what is it? Not Tomorrow what Never Dies. Um, the World Is Not Enough. The one where he gets captured at the end, or at the very beginning, and he's okay, being tortured in the very beginning. And by the North Koreans? Yeah. That beginning had such promise, mm-hmm. and it, it went nowhere. So, yeah. what can you do? But BB is trying to get the attention of the East German biathlon guy. Yes. Ooh, the Germans. Right. And he's he's a good shot. Yes. And, and Bond leaves her and but Locke, Locke is watching them. Yeah. Yes. And he makes a car or a call from his nineteen eighty one car phone. <laughs> <laughs> With the spiral cord. And the bad guys on a Oh wait, on wait hold, on, hold on a second. Where does the phone connect to though? Uh, the bad guy walk. The bad guy walkie talkies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the motorcycles, they get the call, and right. I, I, Bond I think, takes a shortcut. Is, is he doing like 
the biathlon guy, is he doing like time trials at this point? How can he like break off from that to start hunting Bond? Because he's a bad guy. He's got to do what the boss says. Yeah. So, yeah, Bob, Bond takes a shortcut and the, the East German is after him, shoots, and he, this guy is supposed to be like a world-class marksman and misses. Yeah, he misses twice. Here, Here's the thing that doesn't make sense. He misses twice and then Bond is hiding behind a tree and mm-hmm. Bond gets his gun shot twice. Correct. So the guy can shoot a gun, which is... But can't, yeah, but can't, can't hit a guy in a bright blue jacket. <laughs> So he is very accurate, except when he's not. Okay, so do you know what kind of round that those biathlon rifles shoot? No, I don't. A twenty-two long rifle, which is basically what you would use for squirrel or rabbit shooting. So that right? probably would not kill a guy. Unless you hit him right in the melon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or, but, I mean, directly in the heart. But, I mean, those rifles, it, it, it's... It's not going to have as much penetrating power as, say, a uh, like a like a Remington or you know a Winchester twenty two. So it's like you versus me, right? Because you don't have nearly as much penetrative power as I do. Uh (laughs) (laughs) But Bond has one of his poles shot. Correct. And have you ever skied without poles? I used to all the time when I was a kid. That's how I learned how to ski. Fucking when I was a little, hate skiing without poles. When I was a little kid, I, I mean, I would just hold my arms out like I was flying and just bomb the hill. And then once I got a little bit older and started to learn how to slalom, then yes, poles kind of became... Yeah, slaloming without poles is next to impossible. I wouldn't say that, but... Anyway. Well, it's harder. Okay. But Locke and Cersei and Jamie's dad... <laughs> Okay, we'll get to that in just a second. So I okay. recognized him in the elevator. Right. Uh, the, yeah, the motorcycle baddies are after him as well with the spikes on the wheels. Mm-hmm. And Bond skis to the chalet. And Is the, it the chalet or is it just the tower for the ski jump? <sighs> I thought it's it was the, the chalet. No, it's the tower for the ski jump. It's separate from the chalet. But, okay, but the biathlon guy and the motorcycle guy meet with the money guy in the parking lot, which makes me think that it was the chalet because the parking lot would be at the chalet. It would not be at the ski jump. Well, they'd have a, they'd have a parking lot at the ski jump, too. It'd be smaller, it's big, though. It's a big complex, It's like an annex man. parking lot. Uh, uh, okay. But, yeah, Bond goes into, the, into the, t- the ski jump tower and goes up the elevator and uh, lock. No, the East German and... Cersei and Jamie's dad. No, it's 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 Locke and the henchman, Cersei's okay. dad. They get into the elevator, and d- obviously you did recognize him. That's Charles Dance. Yes, from Last Action Hero, Alien yes. Three, and um, uh, Game of Thrones. Correct. And they're in the elevator to the ski jump, and Locke has a you know you notice what kind of pin? He's got a Locke, dog pin. Well, it's actually a Mockingjay pin. Is it? I thought it was a dove. I volunteer as tribute. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> really? That's that's deep, the thing that you're going to call bullshit on, Doug? Deep pull. <laughs> that's not a deep pull. Those that's movies were deep. huge. I realize that, but it's a dove pin. It's not a mocking. It's a Mockingjay. If that's what you got from that, I'm happy for you. <laughs> I did not get that. Okay, but no. So Bond, he's obviously, he's got these tiny little downhill skis, which back in the 80s, are like two feet longer than the skis that you see the kids skiing on now. But the dude's going down the big ski jump 
have these skis that are like what seven feet tall and like five inches wide i mean they're gigantic and as bond is getting on the ski ramp the guy at the ski ramp is like hey what you gonna be doing with those little skis you're gonna be killing yourself on my ramp hey Jesus I'm Christ. glad that I can crack you up. That's that makes me happy. But Bond and the henchmen dance are fighting on the way down the ski jump. And yes. Bond escapes and is, is being chased by the motorcycle guys who have machine guns on their bikes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which it just doesn't look like that's going to work. It just doesn't look like these little, what, four inch pipes that kind of turn from going, you know, perpendicular to the ground. Now are now parallel to the ground. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see how the logic works on those machine guns. But hey, it's James Bond, man. Yeah, and he he's skiing through the crowds, and uh-huh. the motorcycle thing here is kind of impressive. Just the fact that they have a they have motorcycles going down a downhill ski run. Correct. And Bond, Bond is onto a table off. But but no, first he he comes up a lot upon a large group of people who are in a row that look like they're getting a ski a ski lesson. Right. And he knocks them over like dominoes, which totally reminded me. Immediately, I saw Pee Wee Herman knocking over the row of bikes. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. There's so many other movies where the same exact thing happens. Oh, of course. It's a total trope. But yeah, now he lands on this table at the chalet, and there's a guy sitting in a lounge chair, and a guy walking past him with a huge cake. And as <laughs> Bond goes past him, the guy takes the cake and throws it in the face of the guy sitting in the lounge chair, like, oh, excuse me with my cake, eh? See, once again, going to the the Roger Moore wacky Bond thing. Yes, it was a little bit wacky, but he's going now through some trails, which I always found super fun when you found a ski hill that had, you know, because you have the runs, and in between the runs, usually you have a big patch of trees. Well, when you have the runs, you really don't want to be skiing. (laughs) Yes, but, you know, somebody, somebody young and adventurous blazed a trail through those trees, and I always found that extremely adventurous and fun going through those trails. So, and these are the trails that they're going through. And he takes what his remaining ski pole and strings it up between two trees. And it basically almost decapitates. Yeah, the guy it takes a, out one of the motorcycle guys. What was the name of the ski place that was like midway between Madison and Wisconsin Dells? Cascade. Yeah, Cascade. I used to ski like between the runs through the forest okay. at Cascade. I've never been to Cascade. I always wanted to go, but I never made it. I don't think I've ever went to devil's head either so i don't even know if devil's head exists anymore i would have no idea okay but then they get on the bobsled track this part is really really fucking cool yeah because the dude who's playing the stuntman of roger moore who is skiing is not wearing a helmet and you know they actually two people died on this bobsled track one was during the filming of this film and Correct. one was actually, I think, during the Olympics. Or Olympic trials, I believe. Yes. And and they had to like change how yes. sharp one of the turns was because of this. 
but the whole motorcycle and skiing in the bob track what is that called like a lane or a chute whatever it's really amazing because it's all real it's none of it is special effects it's all done practically Right, but these but Bond is like behind the bobsled team, and he's basically motioning the guy in the back of the bobsled, "Hey, go faster, motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> and he's being chased by the motorcycle. He jumps out, and as he jumps out, what does he jump? Oh, uh, he he jumps onto a roof of a barn. Oh, but first, before he gets on that barn, he jumps over a cow, and I think the cow goes. <laughs> <laughs> the motorcycle crashes. This is the East German. His, his rifle is bent. He throws the rifle, because Bond basically then stops and is looking at him. He throws the rifle at him. And then he throws the and, motorcycle. And then he throws the motorcycle at him. And uh, then Bond just skis away. Right. And in the next scene, Bond pulls up in his Lotus, and Luigi is riding bitch. Mm-hmm. And he goes into the rink because he wants to say goodbye to Bibi. But, he, but first he inquires about the East German. How well does she know him? Right. And then this scene actually reminded me of another film that you had done, Doug. Can you think of what that it was? Is it hockey related? Yes. What fucking hockey movie did I do? So a thing where a guy is getting attacked on a hockey rink. (sighs) Bob and Doug. Oh, yeah. Strange Brew. Right. So after everybody leaves... Bond is on the, the lights, rink. The lights go the, off. The lights go off. And these hockey guys come out. And I, I pulled this clip from that. <laughs> the thing I love about this, as Bond is fighting with these guys on the hockey rink, the scoreboard is keeping track. <laughs> as he throws each one into the net. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's kind of cheesy, but I still mm-hmm. thought it was kind of funny. And the final score is 3 nothing, right, for Bond. And then he goes out to his car. And what has happened to Luigi? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Slip Slip Jim. Yeah, he's dead. (laughs) His throat is cut and he is holding a dove pin. Uh, Well, you know, or a a mocking J pin. (laughs) Right. right, Why does Bond check his pulse when his throat has been slit? (laughs) You always got to make sure, man. (laughs) But we go back to Greece. Uh-huh. And Bond is, meets with Melina, and he's asking if her dad left any notes. Nope. Right. Nope. Yeah. But well, well, no, she doesn't know because she has not had the courage to go into his study. And then where is Bond going to go? He's meeting someone. Where? He's meeting well, he, uh, at the casino. Another Bond staple is him at a casino. Correct. And are they playing Baccarat? Yeah, can you give us a explanation of how that's played, Baccarat? There's some cards, and <laughs> you bet some money, and the cards get flipped, and somebody wins, and a bunch of people lose, and typically James Bond wins. And you got to say Banco a lot. Okay, I, I don't understand right. Baccarat at all. No, no, but there's a dude who's playing, and he's all sweaty. He's, he's got some flop sweat. He's got a bad and, eye too, I think. Yeah. And he's basically getting his balls busted. I, at first, I thought this was his wife. I thought it was his wife or his girlfriend, yeah. Right, but he's getting his balls busted by some hot older piece of ass uh, to bet more. And uh, do you know who that actress was actually married to? No. Pierce Brosnan. Hey, how about that? And 
she brought Pierce Brosnan to the premiere of this film, which is where Pierce Brosnan met the Broccolis, which is how he eventually became James Bond. But he was supposed to become James Bond earlier than this, but he had a commitment. Not earlier than this, after this. I mean, after this, but he had a commitment to Remington Steel. Right. Kind of like Tom Selleck had a commitment to Magnum P.I. Right, for Indy. So, but who else is at the casino? Uh, Cristados. And he says to Bond that the odds favor staying pay, which I don't even know what that means. Mm. Yeah, it must be a Greek thing, kind of like ass play. No, see, if it was ass play, I'd understand it. But yes. um, Bond doesn't, and he wins. And the bad guy, or the guy with the bad eye, is bummed. And then we go to Bond is actually having dinner with Cristados. And they have some quirky things that they talk about wine. So I'm, it's, I'm completely, I, I don't like wine. Um, I have very little bit of little knowledge of wine. It's interesting. I, there's a grocery store that I go to that I believe that there's a guy that works at the liquor store. At, it's a higher-end grocery store. We typically don't go there unless we really need something because it's fucking expensive. Um, but I believe he's a sommelier, which okay. that's an interesting career choice. Sure. You know, I mean, the, your options are limited somewhat. Yeah. You either have to work at a restaurant or a high-end grocery store, I guess. But uh, Cristados mentions that Colombo is smuggling all this shit, including narcotics. And mm-hmm. he thinks that Bond is with the narcotics board. Right, because because Bond inquires. He says, you know, uh, or no, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. He's wondering what, why he wants to know about Locke. And then, yes, he's he thinks that Bond is part of the UK narcotics board and then informs him that Colombo runs heroin to England. And Cristado says he may have to, to kill Colombo to stop him. Right, because he's very difficult to arrest. And Colombo is with the Countess. And who is the Countess? I think it's the Duchess. Oh, is it the Duchess? It the, I thought I it was Countess. It's the Duchess. No, it's, it's the Duchess. Um, but w- when Christados tells Bond that you're going to have to kill him, Bond doesn't fall into that play. He basically just says, just tell me where he is. And then Christados goes, oh, he's right over there at the table. Like... <laughs> 12 feet away from us. And yes, he's with the Duchess. And what does he have as a cufflink? Uh, he's got a Mockingjay. Uh-huh, yes. I volunteer as tribute. So. Does he uh, take his hand and put it to his heart and then th- hold up three fingers? With his <laughs> thumb over those three fingers? I, I, I don't know, but I saw his pictures from the Fappening and his asshole was fantastic. <laughs> yes, yes. But as it turns out, Columbo has a tape recorder in the bottom of a candle. <laughs> very, very low tech, but yes. yeah. Well, that's because the waiter changes the lamp at Bond's that's table. That's right. That's right. Yes, he changes the lamp, which would not seem suspicious to me at yeah. all. Hey, hey, don't worry, why? it's the middle of the meal. We're just going to change out this candle. Don't worry yeah, about this, it. This candle is not a proper candle for this table. We have to put one that's a little bit has a little bit more of a larger wick. <laughs> And he, but Columbo, Columbo listens to the conversation that they just had. He comes back, says something to the Duchess, and the Duchess is pissed off. Yeah, but you did not answer the question of who is the Duchess? Where was she from before? Oh, oh, she's the chick that was busting the ball. Yeah, exactly. Dude. Yeah, and yeah. that's important. Okay, yes. But yeah, she's, she calls him disgusting and then pours a drink into his lap. We're, we're talking about Columbo that she does this to. 
Yeah, and then she leaves and Bond follows. Yeah, he's going after the Duchess. Says that he'll he's going to drive her home. Um, and when she questions why she want why he, or no, she doesn't question him. He just says, "Hey, so I'm a writer and I'm writing a book about Greek smugglers. What do you know about this Colombo guy?" <laughs> and we also see that Melina is at the casino, and it never that never pays off. Mm-mm. But for some reason, we're we're shown that she is sitting at a table, but. After Bond she, tells her that he's an author, they are driving back to her place. Right. And she, what does she invite him inside for? Well, they're fooling around in the back of the car first. And they get to her place and Bond asks if he can call her tomorrow. And she invites him in. Was it for a nightcap? Uh, for champagne and oysters. Okay. <laughs> and, okay. Okay. And, okay, okay. Okay. Honest question here. Have you ever eaten oysters? No. Okay. Dude, I'm telling you. The one time that I thought about it, I've had oysters several times, but it was probably in an environment where I was drinking and what what have you, and, and didn't notice what it had done to my libido. Because, you know, what do they say about oysters? Yeah, they're an aphrodisiac. Yes. This one time I went and I was eating oysters. I was out with a bunch of buddies, and I came home, and I was watching TV, and it was late night TV, and there was an ad for... Girls Gone Wild. Oh, I thought you were going to say ShamWild. Okay. And, <laughs> dude, it was something else, man. It was like, wow, I am fucking rock hard and super fucking horny. It, it, it was crazy, man. It, it was, it was, I, it's, I believe it. I believe that they are a true aphrodisiac. But the, the Countess or the Duchess, which I'm still pretty sure it's the Countess, Pretty sure it's the Duchess. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little more age appropriate than the skater. Yes. One. One boob. Uh, 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 uh. Two. Two boobs. Uh, 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 uh. But they, um, Bond goes in with her and then, yes. why, why don't you talk about how they're kind of decked out? Yeah. So instead of just getting down to business, first they, they decided that they were going to put on some bathrobes. And it kind of reminded me of this. We're towels here, George. All right, all right. Keep your towel on. What? It's a joke. All right, that's not bad. Now get over here. But she she knows that he's a spy. Yes, because Columbo told her and told her that he wanted more info about him. And honestly, in my in my notes, I, I said that I, I see this is how Doug used to be. He'd have a woman back to his place. They'd be sitting around in bathrobes and towels and shit. Uh-huh. And that's just kind of how I see you, Doug. Yes. All right. So, so the next day, the next day, they're on the beach and they are walking hand in hand. And it's almost like, hey, I really found somebody that I love. This chick, she's age appropriate. She's hot. She's got huge knockers because when she went in on him, she flashed some serious side boob. Did you but, see that? Yeah, but you you, you miss the fact that he, Bond poured out his drink that she gave him when they were uh, fooling around. Yes, yes, she did because she probably put a Mickey in it. Right, or but a yeah. Cosby, yeah. Okay, 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 there you go. Um, but yeah, she showed off some serious side boob, and I had to make sure, okay, is there a little bit of nipple? Is there any? I, nope, I didn't see any nipple in there. Just lots of side boob. Right, and the next morning... Bond and the Countess slash Duchess are walking on the beach. Uh-huh. And Locke is there, as well as a bunch of other people in dune buggies. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but she gets she gets knocked the fuck out by a doom buggy. Basically, gets killed, and then he is held at gunpoint by Locke. Right. And who comes out of the water? Well, at first, just because of the arrow, I thought it was Melina, but it was actually Columbo. Some fr- yeah, some frogmen. But the the funny part is, as we're watching this film, uh, I, I try to watch the ones that Jen will agree to watch with her. And she had okay. fallen asleep right around this scene. So we started back up right before this scene. Both times, I laughed out loud <laughs> when she got hit by the doom buggy. Okay. <laughs> and, I mean, it wasn't like a little bit of a laugh. It was like a belly laugh out loud as she just got cracked by the, the dune buggy. And the stunt person actually got hurt when that was filmed. Okay. All right. So, yeah, the, the henchman, one of the henchmen, he gets an arrow. And the guys who come out of the water, which includes Columbo. No, Columbo's not with them. He's not with it's them, cool. but they're his people. But And they have doves on their wetsuits. And then they knock him out. They knock out Bond. Right. Okay. And once so, again, he's captured, so he's mm-hmm. a shitty spy in this film. And right. He, he, he's, he wakes up on a boat, and he's taken to Colombo. But before that, they give him a change of clothes. Something that's a little bit more appropriate, instead of his tuxedo. <laughs> and it is the first time we actually get uh, Colombo, who's played by T'Pol. T'Pol, right. And... Columbo is a smuggler, but not a bad guy. He doesn't smuggle heroin. What does he smuggle? Um, almonds? Pistachios. Pistachios. Yeah. Basically like the Godfather in The Godfather. That's that they don't want to be involved in the, the you know, the, the drug, the heroin. Well, that's a big thing in Goodfellas as well. Yeah. It's, it's mostly they're running numbers and... Uh, importing olive oil. So. And Columbo says that Christados wants to use him as a patsy. And Columbo says that he will prove to Bond in the next 24 hours that that's true. And he asks to drink with him. And Bond says, eh, no, I'm going to hold off hold, for a day. Hold on. We're, 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 yeah, we're skipping a little bit. Okay. He basically says, yeah, Christados is the bad guy. Locke works for him. Christados works for the Russians, that he was a double agent during World War II. And fucked over a lot of his countrymen um, during the war. And basically, Christados wants Locke out of the way. And it, and they explained this earlier on. We totally glazed over this. That while Locke, or not Locke, Christados and Colombo are both basically in the same casino. It's a gentleman's agreement that they can't hurt each other there because they're both part owners of this casino. Right. Yes. And Cristados so, had won some kind of medal, like the equivalent of the Medal of Freedom, or the from right. the the British government. And Colombo said that's all bullshit. Right. So yeah. So they're yeah. They're he says we're going to go to Cristados' uh, warehouse and turns down the drink that Colombo offers him. But then Colombo pulls out his Walther PPK, points it at him, but then kind of turns it and gives it back to him, and then he has a drink. You may need this. I'm a good judge of men. Mr. Bond, you have what the Greeks call thrasos, guts. Serve you, Mr. Columbo. Yeah. And 
it, it, it's interesting where Bond, it's the first time in any of the Bond films where Bond is working with the equivalent of a Russian guy. Because I think Columbo has some Russian ties. No, it's Christados that has the Russian ties. Is it? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I knew it was one of the two. And yes. after they drink, we cut to a the scene where Bond and the others, including Columbo, are sneaking into a warehouse, and Locke is there. Yes. And Bond and Columbo almost shoot each other. Right. Right. It's a big shootout. I remember this as a kid being very exciting with the giant drums or giant rolls. I thought they were rolls of paper, but it's raw opium. Yeah, it, it was a question when I first saw it. I was like, are, are those paper, cheese? What is yes. it? What, but what else do they find in the warehouse? They, they show this high-pressure diving suit. Correct. Which is, once again, a... Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? But the raw, the round things, the, the giant things that are pushed at people are they mm -hmm. have raw opium in them that's got to be a lot of raw opium man yeah but we also see that Locke is setting up a mine so that we know that the mine from the very beginning of the film was not just a random artifact from world war ii this was something that was intentionally put out there oh see i didn't catch that that's yeah because the the warehouse is blown up with a mine that is identical to the one that blows up the okay. St. George's in the beginning. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, Locke blows the, the place the fuck up. But then there's now there's now a car. Oh, you're, you're jumping ahead here. Am you're, I now? Yeah, because okay. Bond sees the mine and tells Columbo to get his guys out of there. And Bond clears the way with a grenade. And he throws a grenade. And the guy, it goes in, in front of one of the bad guys. And he's like, oh, I'm going to pick that up. And then he blows up. Right. And screams after he blows up, which doesn't make sense. Correct. But then Locke does drive away mm -hmm. and how does bond catch up to him uh i don't know, running through some trails i guess I running through back alleys and upstairs oh. all right <laughs> and he shoots Locke in the arm and arm and his car crashes Locke's car crashes and is basically on the edge of the cliff and this is what we had talked about earlier where this scene Roger Moore had a problem with because he yes. said this is a very James Bond thing to do, but not right. a very Roger Moore James Bond thing to do. Correct. And Locke has not said anything up until this point, but he says one thing before Bond kicks him off the hill. What does he say? I don't know. I, th I thought it was just he screamed and that was it. My donkey. <laughs> a lot of setup for that joke yeah there was <laughs> holy shit okay i got you though you did you did you got me but did you notice like one of colombo's main right hand mans looked exactly like stephen wright why do you park on the driveway and drive on the parkway no i did not notice that <laughs> i just love the fact as after bond kicks the car over a dummy falls out of the car yeah <laughs> which is yeah, a very yeah. obvious dummy Sure. But then we see some of the undersea exploration that's going on and Bond shows up and this whole thing is pretty cool. And I know you, we've talked about scuba diving a little bit mm -hmm. on this podcast. That is like one of the things I want to do. And I could do it r literally at any point. It's just a matter of sure actually scheduling it and doing it. Right. But Bond and Molina are scuba diving. Right. Well, Molina is doing some salvage work. 
Um, and she's in like, like a half wetsuit, basically. And then, but Bond comes down and kind of surprises her, like, hey, baby, look at me. I'm here. Yeah. And he's in a full wetsuit with the whole head thing and everything. I didn't get that. Well, I I don't understand the whole thing. And I understand from the perspective of the movie, but her dropping her tank on a seabed, mm-hmm. that makes no fucking sense at Absolutely all. Absolutely no sense whatsoever. And once again. Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? Yeah, but they're in a two-man submarine. And they find the ship at 586 feet. Oh, wait, you're jumping way, way ahead here. Okay, well, maybe I was just bored. I don't know, man. What, <laughs> what, did, I, what did I miss? Well, they they go up, and then Bond gives her the lowdown that Christados was the one behind it. And the bird is talking, which once again is important. And she's not wearing a bra, and that was important to me. Yeah, okay, I did see that. And yeah, then yep, yep. she's talking about her dad's notes. And it's written in a special shorthand, and she's the only other person that can read it. But he was searching for the ship that sunk with the ATAC. And then they go in to the two-man sub. And there's a very specific thing about how deep the, the wreck of the St. George is. How deep mm-hmm. is it? 586 feet. 84. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Okay. And because of that, they need to have what? Pressure suits or have the helmets. And their mixture needs to be a special mixture of oxygen and helium. Yeah. So that would have some effect on their voice. Which it doesn't. (laughs) No. And they would only have eight minutes of diving time at that depth. I don't know if I believe that because I, I don't know, man. I saw the abyss. And it sure seemed like they were in the water a lot longer than eight minutes. Well, they 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 sucked down the was it the liquid oxygen? Where no, that was that was only one dude. That was just Ed Harris that did that. The rest of them, when they're climbing around through that submarine, they were in there for quite a while, man. Not eight minutes. Well, I I don't know how accurate or factual you know Bond films are in general. <laughs> so I. I I'm pretty sure they, 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 you know, they're pretty accurate now. And that actually brings up my whole, is that true thing? But above the surface, Christados is there. And yes. right before Bond and Molina leave the sub, Bond gives Molina very specific instructions. What does he say? Stay with me. Speak only when necessary. Oh, okay. And then All he right. just like is chattering like a fucking chipmunk the whole time. That are, that right. are well, be, well, you know, the, the whole thing with the English accent is you don't use as much oxygen when you're speaking with an English accent. Is that because it requires less brain power? You know what? It's why that, like, on infomercials, people have English accents. Because I think, as Americans, we're so dumb that we hear <laughs> an English accent and we're like, wow, that guy must be really smart. He's got an English accent. But they leave the sub. Mm-hmm. And what color are their flashlights? I don't know, man. Red. Are they red? Yes. And then okay. they, they get into the actual wreck of the St. George's. Shark! By the way, by the way, it would be pitch fucking black down there. 500 584 feet. feet? Yeah, it would be. Yeah. yeah. But w- once they get into the, the wreck of the St. George, what color are their yeah. lights? I don't know. White. <laughs> okay. But yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a shark jump scare. And Bond has a quippy remark there. Uh, what does he say? I don't know. But it's just like so much for conserving oxygen, not talking, whatever. Okay. All right. Bunch of bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they look they, 
rather fresh. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, I believe in the abyss, a crab walks out of a, a dude's eye socket. Could be. Yeah, yes. but I mean, this has been, it has to have been several weeks. I don't know about several weeks. A week, maybe. But well, yeah, they would be awfully chewed up, decomposed, puffy. Not looking that great. And shouldn't they have gloves on? Do they not have gloves on? No, they do not. Okay. And they, they get into the ship, um, and they get back into the place where the ATAC is. And once again, just like I said in the beginning, it's very nice that there's a giant sign above the ATAC that says ATAC so yes. that they know what it is. Correct. And Bond has to remove the self-destruct charge. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. they just blow it up? That's a great question. Why not just destroy this thing and try instead of trying to salvage it? Because the the British intelligence organization has other versions of it. It's not like it's a unique thing. Right. But he continues to talk and he actually walks through the process and he cuts the three wires and he eventually gets the ATAC loose. And then a guy from the special diving suit we just saw in the previous scene shows up. He's a heavy mouth breather. Almost <laughs> as bad as me. In the- <sighs> what in the i think it's scary movie where the guy is like the heavy mouth breather is walking up the stairs and he's getting his foot stuck in the bubble gum yeah yeah that's what this reminded me of um but he messes up her air basically fucks up her mixture just like in the abyss yep the dude the one dude who wears the green bay packer jacket gets his mixture fucked up um and there's there's a scuffle and what does Bond do with the bomb? He puts a thermite, thermite charge on the back of the guy's suit. Yes. Helmet. But, yes. But he, he, he pins him underneath some file cabinets. Um, and the Bond escapes. And right before the bomb goes off, the guy in the big suit oh, mouths. Shit. Oh, shit. Well, first of all, how would he how would know, know that? Yeah. <laughs> how would he know? Right. Right. But, yeah, the, it, it blows up. And it basically blows them out of the the St. George's, and they make it to their sub. But now what's going on? Well, they 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 depressurize, which I would think that because of the fact that she lost her her source, that she might have to spend some time like in hyperbolic chamber or something. Sure. But there's a sub fight between Correct. the sub and a guy in like this man sub outfit, like inner space. Yeah, exactly like inner space, and he's. The the guy in the sub suit is pulling wires off of Bond's sub. Yeah, fucking it all up, jacking up the sub, and and Bond jams this guy into the ship. Right. I I would think that a sub would be especially fragile for like losing wires. <laughs> <laughs> right. Those wires cut. They do do something, right? Yeah. I, they're, Pull, they, there's not redundancies for all these systems. Yeah, pulling those out would not be good. And after Bond backs the guy into the hole of the other ship, he almost hits part of the wreck that Molina was pulling shit up from. Mm-hmm. And they get back on the main ship. And who is there? Christados with the East German. Yeah. And the I noticed something about the biathlon guy. You, you notice anything about him? No. This is a giant cock. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, he's wearing Speedos. He's got a huge old dick. Does he really? <laughs> yeah, he okay. does. Okay. 
But uh, Crusados and the biathlon guy are arguing about who turns, who gets the ATAC. Okay. And Bond and Melina are tied up. And she has basically given up at this point. I didn't think it would end like this. We're not dead yet. And that's right before they get ripped off the ship. Well, they're tied up together, kind of, you know, basically face to face. And yeah, they get ripped ripped off. They're being pulled by another ship, dragged behind the boat. And as the instead of just going straight for a long time, they decide to go what two hundred yards, and then all right, turn it around, and they're going to turn the boat around. And while they have this lull in the being dragged, he goes underwater and he's trying to cut the rope on some coral. Right. But the coral is all, or the coral is also cutting their legs. Which is causing their legs to bleed. Which would have, you know, draw and what? What? Well, they're sharks. They're sh- there be sharks in them water, a eh? right. And there are sharks, and they they do a back and forth, and eventually Bond actually wraps the rope around a rock. Yes, yes. and it it cuts the rope, but th- for some reason they attached a float in between the two ropes that was being dug, drug behind the boat, and when the rope breaks, the float comes flying out of the water, hits a dude, that dude goes into the water, and what happens to that dude yeah, immediately? He gets gobbled up by the sharks immediately. <laughs> yes. Right. And I think this whole scenario could have been solved by a simple solution. Which is what? Well, what should Cristados have wanted? Just put a bullet in their head. Or... I don't know. You know, I have one simple oh, request. Yes. And that is to have sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their heads. Now, evidently, my cycloptic colleague informs me that that can't be done. Uh, can you remind me what I pay you people for? Honestly, throw me a bone here. But after the, the guy got knocked off by, I called it the bobber or the buoy, mm-hmm. um, he and was promptly eaten by sharks. Cristado says to run over James and Molina and Correct. they dive down to the ruins. But you know, just coincidentally, hey, hey, how about that? There's a take that we just left here for I don't know. We just put it that we just put the take there. I don't know why it's here, but hey, it's there, right? Wouldn't they still be bleeding <laughs> a little bit? Actually, a lot of it, and that would be tra- attracting sharks. But Cristado says that the sharks have them to make port, and they swim back to their boat as Cristados drives away. Correct. And they, they get on their boat, and this is where really, really depending on, you know, just luck. Uh, how do they find out where the attack is going? The, the parrot told them. <laughs> and so Bond goes into a church and goes into a confessional. And who is in the confessional? Columbo. No, no, Q. 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 <laughs> and he tells them they're, they're going to St. Cyros, but Q tells them that this is actually a scene that this was supposed to be M, and Q replaced him. Okay. And Bond says that he knows well one well-informed person to contact. And who is that? That's Columbo. Right. So they are actually hiking and how are they disguised? As monks. 
And up at the top of this big rock is a monastery. Mm-hmm. Do you have any background on the actual monastery that this was filmed at? Uh, no, only that they were not allowed to film inside of it. There was a big controversy that the monks did not want them to film outside of it. But Spain, I believe that's where this is. Spain, mm-hmm. correct? Uh, the country, the government of Spain said, well, technically we kind of own it. So, yeah, you got to allow them to be able to film outside of it. So the the monks that actually live there had a problem with the fact that they were filming there and they would hang their laundry outside their windows to try to fuck up with filming. Oh, okay. And this is one of two things. There was also a thing with when they were filming within Greece itself, they wanted mm-hmm. to actually film at the Parthenon. Okay. And the Greek government said, yeah, no, you're not doing that. Okay. So this was a, a thing where they actually had to double and create sets for some of the stuff that they normally would have just done normally on on site. Um, okay. All right. But Bond is climbing up this big rock. Mm-hmm. And we, we find out that BB is there as well at the top, yes. though. And yes, w- where are they going to go to continue her training? Cuba. Yep. And she's on a trampoline jumping around. Yes. And she's very... How, how, how the fuck would they get a big old trampoline up there? Yeah, I, I would think that, you know, as an ice skater, probably not the best place to be is at the top of this mountain spire. <laughs> jumping on a trampoline. There's no ice there. Right. Yes. But she's very disrespectful of Cristados. Mm-hmm. And Bond continues to rock climb. And he's using two different types of things. He's using a like a, a spike clip and then also a pressure clip as he's Correct. setting his... Uh, what would you call those? Patons? Yeah. Yeah, patons are the actual spike ones. Okay. But no, the, the um, carabiners. Yeah, okay. And he's using these clips and he's dropping rope and then a bird f- flies out and Bond right. almost falls. But the bird also did one additional thing. What else did the bird do? Bird, bird, bird. Bird is the word. Bird, bird, bird. Bird is the word. It alerted the guard. Yeah, one of the security goons. <laughs> yes. And Columbo is down at the bottom, always with uh, the pistachios. And that's right. He's always eating pistachios, isn't he? Yeah, because that's what yeah. he smuggles. But didn't at one point, when did he throw the pistachio seed? The when, when they were in the warehouse but, with the giant yes. fucking rolling things, he used those. He threw those out because when they when the bad guys stepped on them, they would make yes. sounds. That's right. That's right. That's funny. It's. It, as I was camping this weekend with my buddy Jason, we were talking about... Pistachios? Yes, we were talking about pistachio pudding and pistachio ice cream. How we both lo- have a, an affinity for it. Well, that's good. Yeah. You know, one thing we forgot to mention um, in the very, very top of this podcast was last week during the podcast, we talked about how the Bucks had made the NBA Finals. Yeah. Yeah, they're two down, down two zero right now in the NBA Finals, and they're about to start um, the third game three in Milwaukee. But you know what? They were down two zero to the Nets. Yeah, but they had injuries that kind of helped them. And of course, they've had injuries hurt them as well. Yeah, yeah. It's they've played two very good games of basketball, but the Suns have just played better. Yeah, the Suns have never won an NBA championship either. Right, even with Sir Charles. Yeah, but. Uh, Bond is hammering in these spikes, in these patons, 
Mm-hmm. I would think that would make a lot of just noise. Just a little bit? Just yeah. a little bit? Echo across the valley? Yeah, yeah. because there's nothing, there's nothing else going on there. It's not like there's a rock show going on there. This, you know, <laughs> it might draw attention to him. Yes. You don't think like Motley Crue is playing in the background <laughs> and he's tapping it into the drum beat? Well, you know, of course, they're training an uh, Olympic ice skater at the top of a fucking mountain, so you never know. Right. Well, it's like um, uh, Andy Dufresne taking the rock and smashing the, the, the sewage to the lightning, to the lightning. But in family guy, what is it to? Oh, I should know that. I don't. They're watching the guy, the guard is watching friends on TV. And when they do the clap, 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 during the <laughs> intro, he's like, bang, 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 bang. Okay. Yeah. Bond, uh, kicks a goon or no bond doesn't kick a goon the goon kicks bond <laughs> off of the top after he gets up there and mm-hmm. as doug had said he he kicked him in the face which is what you do with your foot and right as bond is falling it knocks out one of the three pins and the three pins two of them are patons and the other one is like a pressure mount one and the th- yes the third one the second one and the third one hold and after bond is kind of like swinging out way away from it he creates this thing with his shoelace right it's called a prusik knot okay which basically attaching himself to his climbing rope so he can ascend the mountain this technique which is indeed possible to do with shoelaces was invented by the australian mountaineer kyle prusik and is common amongst climbers I'm, I'm the really Prusik up- knot celebrated its 50th anniversary the year the movie was released having first appeared in an Austrian mountaineering manual for rope ascending in 1931. Amazing! Mind blown! I'm really upset with myself that I had not hit record and we missed the whole part where you fucked up the whole thing about he kicked him with his foot. Yes, because that's what you do with your foot. You kick somebody with your foot. Hard to do with your fist. Yeah, and the goon actually starts coming down. He, he, He ropes himself to a rock or something, and he's coming down and he's hammering out the next one of Bond's spikes. Right, trying to knock out the pin with his pistol. And he gets um, he gets one more. Um, and Bond falls again. And then as he's trying to do the third one, Bond comes up and what does he do? He throws a spike into him. Yes, into the chest. And he falls. Step into a Slim Jim. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, he falls. <laughs> Yeah. And in my notes, it says, I think he might be hurt <laughs> because <laughs> he falls. Bit. What is that? Probably about 700, 800 feet. Uh, I don't think it's that far. It sure doesn't seem like it because um, Bond goes into like this little hut where he goes to lower a basket. And as he looks out the little trap door where the basket is going to go down, he looks down and he can see Columbo and Molina and two of his dudes. And it looks like he's only about 75 feet high. But uh, the the basket he's lowering goes all the way down. And can all of the people fit in the basket? No. Only three of them can fit in the basket. Right. But one of the another goon at the top of the mountain sees that the basket is moving. And he goes to the elevator room and he kind of peeks in. Yes. And Bond is hiding, hiding underneath the window. Um Kind of like the dude in Saving Private Ryan who's got the detonator for the bridge or for the the bombs, the, the uh, gammon, bomb, gammon mines that blow up all the Germans who are walking down the street. Right. Um, and he's trying to bang into the door and 
What does he get shot with? Crossbow. Yes, but he's not killed. No. Yeah, and he he's he's still alive. And then they they kind of drag him in, and they're they're silencing that guy. And Bond sound, sends down the basket for the other people. Mm-hmm. And and here we we get a cut to BB is leaving with her coach Ivana. Yeah, she's packing. She's packing, and um, uh, oh, while she's packing, then we see the Ru- a Russian helicopter coming through the valley. Well, even before that, Christados is anxious because the Russian is late. Yes, and then as the the guy who is shot with the arrow, that's kind of they're trying to get him from screaming because he's in pain. Columbo knocks him out. Correct. But and then they break in, They break into the barracks and there's a lot of dudes that are sleeping and? in the middle of the day, in the middle of the day. And, uh, I don't know. Really? You got nothing else to say about their attire, Doug? Oh, their undies, <laughs> their, their, under, their underwear, how Matt should take them underwear shopping. You know, it's, it's there. You know, you might as well say it, dog. Yes. But um, the coach comes out and Bond grabs her and the coach says that she will help them and she's leading them. And she, that's actually how they got to the goon dorm is she took them to the goon oh, dorm. okay. And that's oh. where in my notes it says, okay, Doug, say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Melina captures like this random goon who is kind of in the shower or something. And then BB confronts Christados, and what does yes. Christados do to her? He bitch slaps her. <laughs> yeah. And then Bond and Columbo are fighting with two goons, and mm-hmm. this can be seen by Christados through what? Stained glass. And Bond and the, a goon crash through the window, and the biathlon dude is about to shoot Bond, and he's stopped by BB. And what does he do to BB? <laughs> He bitch slaps her. Yeah, she's taking a punishing in this in this scene. Yes, yes, she is. Yeah, and Bond and the the biathlon dude are fighting, and he, this guy is superhuman. He's not phased by anything, really. No, I mean Bond is punching him in the guts, and he's just like another. Give me another. And then, but Bond throws him out a window, and then Columbo and Cristados are fighting, and Bond grabs the attack, and. Melina wants to kill Christados. Yeah, she wants her pound of flesh. And yeah. Bond stops her. Right, because of the whole Chinese proverb. Uh, but Columbo throws a knife and ki- and basically kills Christados. I be- do believe that this is one of the only Bond movies where Bond does not kill the main bad guy. One of two, yeah. What's the other one? I don't know. I just saw it in the notes, but it's one of two. Oh, uh, was it Spectre? Because I don't believe Daniel Craig kills. Oh, Blofeld's back in the next one. So, yeah, yeah, he doesn't. He he does not kill. What well, when when you said name? he doesn't kill the bad guy, I meant that I, I thought you meant he the bad guy is killed by somebody other than Bond. Because mm. that yes. happens twice. Okay, but um, but that knife wouldn't kill him because it's only like a two inch blade. Yeah, it, it goes it, in his back. That but wouldn't kill him. The the Russians have showed up and they want the attack, mm-hmm. and then Bond looks at it and what does he do with it? Well, it's very interesting that Bond just wouldn't have it and say, "This is British property. You can't have it. It's <laughs> ours." Well, they just you kill just, him then. You just can't steal it from me. I'm a British. I work for the British government. 
just coming and stealing this from me would be an act of war. Right? No. They just kill yes. him. And they would, well, I don't know what you're talking about. We never saw but, but, James but who? Bond, but Bond takes it, throws it off the mountain, and when it hits, it makes like a very... <laughs> yes. Apparently it was loaded with M80s. Correct. But Bond says this. That's Dayton, comrade. You don't have it. I don't have it. <laughs> but that's not true, because the British still have it. They just don't have that one. Right. And the Russian's like, I came all the way to Spain, and all I got was this crappy T-shirt. Well, I mean, he probably got a hand job or two. I mean, he's got bitches all over the place. Sure. Sure. And, and But he flies away. And then we get to the the denouement, the very last scene. No, hold on a second. No, they're tending to Columbo, and it turns out that BB has a new sponsor, who's <laughs> Columbo. Yeah, well, I don't know if that's any more age appropriate. Yes. But yeah, no, they're, now they're on the boat, and what kind of watch is Bond sporting? A uh, Seiko. A uh, Seiko. Which was a product placement. Yes. And... Q is trying to get a hold of him, and he puts his watch with the bird. Right. And Bond and Melina drop their towels, and she says, James, for your eyes only. Yes. And I thought this might be where the towel clip came into play. Oh, no. But they, they patch Bond into who? Uh, the Prime Minister, Madam Margaret Thatcher. And there was some big controversy also from Roger Moore that he was like, come on, guys, Really? We're going to have an impersonator play Margaret Thatcher. Why, well, I'm fucking up. Man, you're just struggling, Doug. I'm struggling. I did not have a very big dinner, and I'm I'm feeling pretty good, man. Um, yeah. Hello? Mr. Bond on the line, Prime Minister. Ah, Mr. Bond. I wanted to call you personally and to say how pleased we all are that your mission was a success. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Don't thank me, Mr. Bond. Your courage and resourcefulness are a credit to the nation. Dennis and I look forward to meeting you. Meanwhile, if there is anything I can do for you... Give us a kiss. Give us a kiss. Well, really, Mr. Bond. (laughs) So bad. And they go skinny dipping amongst the, the ruins. Correct. With the sharks. And the movie's over. Yes. And, okay, so... Well, this may sound silly to you, but kids go completely ape if you do three things in a picture. Defy authority, destroy property, and take people's clothes off. Yeah, there's some defiling of authority. There is some destruction of property. I don't know about the nudity, man. Yeah, it, it's... It's questionable. It's sketchy. It's sketchy. Yeah. So, so two out of three. So, okay. Did it hold up for you? No, it did not. You know, it it wasn't bad. It wasn't no. awful, but it no. was not as good as I expected it to be. And right. There are Bond films that are much, much worse than this one. Oh, most certainly there are. But you know, looking at it from a broader perspective um, of the. The Roger Moore Bonds, this one had fewer really, really shitty elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but would you recommend it? No, I would not. Yeah, I, I would. For somebody that is a Bond fan, 
Okay. I, I think it is just as good as any of the Sean Connery ones. But if you are a Bond aficionado, I you would I have seen it would, anyway. You would have seen there's there's a lot of the Sean Connery ones that I have not seen. Soup to nuts. And a lot of them are are really really fucking terrible. They don't hold yeah. up at all. Sure. So any last thoughts on the film? No, it's my dance that I did last week was a little presumptive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a little embarrassed yeah. about that. Watcha, 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 You can go first. Okay, uh, I'm all caught up on the Bad Batch. I'm all caught up on. Uh, okay. Well, I should say, if you're watching the Bad Batch, it has a definitive. Rebels tie-in, which is pretty fucking cool. Okay. Um, I'm all caught up on Loki, which... Um, uh, so, friend of show Lawn Chair knows that I am not a no longer a pot smoker because it, I get paranoid and I have doomsday scenarios. And he's like, hey man, you should check out these CBD gummies. They are like a body buzz and they make you feel good, but none of the mind fuckery. And I'm like, hey, I, I, hey, I can do that. So he told me what they were, and they, he told me where to get them. And I went and I got them. And he and the guy at the store said, you, sh-, you know, I told him my background with THC, and he's like, you, sh- you should only just have half of one of these gummies. Okay, so I had half of one. I texted texted friend of show, uh, uh, lawn chair. I said, hey, how long does these things take to kick in? He's like, about a half an hour. So I'm sitting there, and I got my earbuds in, and I'm watching Loki on my iPad, and all of a sudden, it kicked in. And I don't know how familiar you are with CBD. No, not at all. Okay, it's legal in Wisconsin. I'm sure it's legal in in Ohio. It is definitely not what I was expecting. It was way more powerful than what I was expecting. It was a severe, awesome body buzz. The music that I was listening to with Loki, that they was playing the soundtrack, fucking amazing. The visuals, fucking amazing. But again, none of the mind fuckery. And completely legal under the farm bill that was passed a couple of years ago in Wisconsin. So I was shocked, shocked that I could walk into a CBD store and buy something like this that basically got me really high off of half of one of these things. Can you imagine if, like, I took two or three of these things? No, I'd be fucked. I'd be <laughs> fucked up. So that's that's that was my experience watching Loki. Um, I finished watching the Tomorrow War Amazon movie with Chris Pratt. Again, interesting concept. Not executed greatly. They they are making a sequel. It's confirmed with Chris Pratt. Um, I started watching last two night or two nights ago. Um, camping in in the camper, the king of Staten Island. Oh, with uh, that douchebag from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. I got about twenty minutes into it before I fell asleep. It seems funny and interesting because it's by what the fuck is his name? He did Forty Year Old Virgin and um, uh, This Is Forty and Come on. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I like his work. I like I like his style of filmmaking. Um, it's, it's interesting because I had that, I had that downloaded on my iPad, the boys, um, 
I, I also downloaded some movies for the boys that they could watch in the camper while the adults were outside hanging around the fire. And they watched um, Small Soldiers, Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, sure. Familiar with? Okay. They did not finish watching it. So when I was watching The King of Staten Island, I fell asleep. And so when I gave the iPad to my boy to go finish watching Small Soldiers with his brother and the two their two buddies that were there, um, he comes back and he's like, Dad, what is this, The King of Satan Island? And my <laughs> missus goes, what? What are you watching? I'm like, it's The King of Staten Island. That's what I was watching before I fell asleep. Here, let me switch it. This is on uh, Amazon or whatever, whatever Small Soldiers is on. I think maybe Netflix or Amazon. I don't know. But it was just kind of funny that my boy came walking out of the shadows in the dark. Dad, what's this King of Satan Island? Judd well, Apatow. It. Yes, there you go. Thank you very much. All right. So uh, for myself, trying to continue to get through the end of Kath and Kim, <sighs> um, Jen and I started watching Longmire. I'm not, that, don't know if that? you're familiar with that. It's Is that medieval shit? No, it is a modern day thing with a sheriff in Wyoming. And who would who would be who would be playing our protagonist? Uh he looks like Brett Favre. <laughs> I don't know. He okay. hasn't been in anything else of note. Okay, and what's it on? It's on Netflix. And um it was weird because I thought it was going to be I'm used to shows that have a central plot that runs from beginning to end of season. Mm-hmm. And this is more of almost like a network CSI type show where Ooh. they have a murder at the beginning and it's resolved by the end of the episode. But it has okay. uh, plot elements that run from the beginning to the end of the season. We're a season and a half into it. It's it's decent. It's okay. it's not great. Um, right. I, I watched the first season of Lilyhammer. And what's that? That is with Steven Van Zant. And he plays a mob guy who is okay. witness relocated to Lilyhammer, Sweden. Okay. Eh, eh. Okay. It's okay. All right. Um, I watched uh, United States of America, the motion picture. I watched about the first five or six minutes of that. And I it is like, not worth watching. <laughs> I, I'm like, I cannot do this. This looks so fucking stupid. It was, it was terrible. I mean, it yeah. was really, really bad. And it has people in it that I really like. Yeah. But it was not good. Okay. Uh, I watched uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Which one's that? That is the first one. It's the fourth one. It's the first one after the first three. It's the first one that has a con- consistent kind of like plot thread that runs through the rest of them. Is that with McQu- the directed by McQuarrie? I don't think so. I think it's the one before McQuarrie took over. Okay. So which one is this? Is this the one with the, the beginning where the dude from Lost gets killed? Yes. Okay. I like that one. No, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. And, okay. you know, the Mission Impossibles break, Beyond 4 to, are good. Do they have to break him out of a Russian jail in that one? Yes. In the very okay. beginning. Yep. All right. Okay. Uh, I watched parts of Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. Um, good movie. Not really. Why just parts? Because uh, I, I was looking for a quote that I didn't okay. end up using the podcast. All right. Uh, I watched uh, Star Trek Beyond. Okay. The the third of the J.J. Abrams universe yeah. uh, Trek films. The the best of the three, still not good. 
Yeah, with with like the the motorbikes, the mini the mini bikes. Yeah, there's motorbikes in almost all of them. Why would they have those? Though? Because why, it's fucking. Why would, they, why would they have Beastie Boys in all of them? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Big Brother started, so right. started watching Big Brother. <laughs> Enough about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you have a question or? Uh it's a half-assed question, but let's roll, baby. Doug's got a question for man. Doug's got a question for man. How's he gonna answer it? I don't know. How's he gonna answer it? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's find out. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this kind of goes back to your question last week. Okay. Um, of, are you a good person? And like I said, I struggled with some of the things that you said all week. And I'm willing to bet that the people that you're to don't listen to this podcast, even if they do, they're, they're, they're nowhere near. They've completely checked out two and a half hours in. Yeah, I would, I would assume, yeah. But, you know, it, you had brought up some things, and and I'm like, I, I don't necessarily think they're bad people. And you're like, yeah, because they do things with malice. And okay. that had a strange kind of a weird effect on me because, yeah. Because, you know, even I said, like, okay, I'm trying to dispel... Is that the right word? Dispel the people who are toxic in my life? No, that wouldn't be the right word. Okay. I'm trying to eliminate the people. There you go. That works. You know, not necessarily eliminate them altogether, but not rely on those people. Sure. Uh, Even though these are people that, you know, I've been friends with for a long time. But yeah, there is some malice in their actions. And that that was, you know, it was a good question, man. And, and, you know, the, the conversation that we had, dug some trenches in my brain and made me think. And like I said, on a daily basis, I thought about that shit. Um, so I'm not going to ask, you know, if, if you're a good person, because because I know you are a good person, because I know you don't do shit out of malice. Right. You don't. And I hope you feel try not that way to. about... Uh, well, it's... Try not to. It's, you know, and I hope you... It's you intent, that, you know, and, and that's exactly what it was. And that's kind of what I, I was trying to hit on, but... Yeah. Okay. So I, I, you know, like I said, I had an hour that I thought I was going to have, but because you fucked up the time, because I said, you know, you texted me, said, what time today? And I said, 6 p.m. my time. And then at what? 4.53, you texted me five Five mind. Yeah. Five mind. I can't read without my glasses. I'm sorry. (laughs) And what's my, what's my, What's the response that I give you most of the time when you send me a text? Uh, WTF? What the fuck? No. Huh? With a question <laughs> okay. mark. And you're like, five minutes. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. Because I was bringing my, we were taking the camper back to our storage unit. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. So then I, I'm, I get back and I get another text from you that says, invite sent. I'm like, well, hold on a second. It's only five o'clock here. And that's when I texted you and you're like, oh shit, never mind. I'm like, don't worry. Just, I, you know, got to grab a coffee, got to print my notes, got to grab a cup for beer, go downstairs, hook all all my shit up. So I thought I was going to have another hour to kind of lament over what question I was going to ask you. 
but then it kind of kicked in. Are you asleep yet? No, I'm have still here. Pa- have you packed a sandwich listening to my fucking stupid story about how I got to my question for you? I wrote half a book during this time. So, okay. <laughs> okay. It's just like, okay, well, I'll just ask this because this is the kind of shit that has been on my mind all week. All right. Ready? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. What don't you like about yourself? What don't I like about myself? Yeah. <sighs> oh, God. Um, I mean, are we, we talking superficial Anything. level or no, are we talking? What the, whatever the fuck, man. It's just, what's the thing that comes to your mind? Like when you think of like, God damn it. I fucking hate that about myself. I, I wish, I wish I was a little bit more focused in when I, I set out to do things because I can become sidetracked. Oh, but I, come bubble. Come bubble. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of come bubble there. Yeah. Thank you, Doug, for pointing that out. No, I, I honestly think that you know, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. So this is not breaking any new ground is I, I really wish that I was happier with my body as a whole. But of course, you know, as I mentioned earlier with my bitch tits coming in, that's <laughs> really <laughs> going to change things going forward. Uh, but beyond that, things I'm not happy with myself about, I really wish that I... <sighs> You know, as my wife is actually sitting right next to me right now, because I'm going to bring her up in the next segment. Uh-oh. So I have to be careful about that. But I wish that I wish that I was the person that my dog thinks that I am. Okay. <laughs> which is a complete cop out bullshit answer. Okay. No, but honestly, for me, it, it is the whole thing with I'm not happy with my my body specifically. What about yourself? I mean, that's, I mean, your body though is superficial. Yeah, but that's something that I could do something about. Really? Yeah. I could work out. I could take steroids. But it's, does that, is that something that's, I mean, like I said, that's superficial. Does that matter? Yeah. I I mean, well, it it doesn't in the, the grand scheme of things, but it does in my, the, the public perception of me. And, you know, I, I get done with my hockey game right before the podcast today. And these are guys that I've been sweating my balls off for the last hour with. And mm-hmm. just, you you are drenched in sweat and you get down into like, you know, your underwear. If that some people wear, you know, don't even wear underwear during the game. And that is the thing that is in my mind is it's like, are these guys going to judge me because my upper body is not as big as them? And oh, and at, so, at fifty years old, it's like I shouldn't give a shit about that, but I still do. Yeah, I I mean I okay. So you know, while we were camping, uh, we took this awesome kick ass fucking hike to this waterfall, and my buddy Jason was there, and, and um, you know, I took a picture with his camera with of his family in front of this waterfall, and I'm like, here, man, here, take my camera, and or take my phone and take a picture of my family. And while this was going on, there were some people in the background, so we couldn't do it. So he's just taking pictures. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's just like, I don't know, man. I'm just taking pictures. Sometimes taking pictures of people without them knowing about it or sometimes the best picture. And I was looking through my phone and one of the pictures of me was, you know, with my dad gut kind of hanging over my pants a little <laughs> bit. Little dad bod. And I'm like, you know what? I I shouldn't care about that. Could I do something about it? Absolutely. But it's not that important. You know, I think what's most important is that your heart get, gets exercised. And, you know, uh, tries, buys, abs, and, and 
shoulders. Yeah. Fuck, who cares, man? Who fucking cares? You're married, you got kids, you're not trying to impress anybody, you're not going to impress anybody. Trust me, if you get all fucking buff and shit, you are not going to impress anybody. Well, well you know, I, I would look better to myself when I'm jacking off in the mirror. There you go. So, um, that's important. So, so you know, to you asked, okay, what do you like about, don't like about yourself? Dude, I'm fucking awesome, man. I, everything's cool. No, so people ask me, they're like, how come, how come you don't have people working for you? You know, what I do is a very physically demanding job. I'm 48 years old. I'm not going to be able to do it forever. You say you're 40 and years old? 48. Okay. 48. 48. Um, 48 going on 18 in my mind. Um, I'm not good at managing people. And I don't want to take the effort to try and manage people and try and grow my business. What are you writing writing down right now? Sounds like you're scratching with a pencil on a pad of paper. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh huh. <laughs> you're writing next week's question, aren't you? No, I'm not. Okay. Um, you know, and I tell people, I'm like, okay, imagine me holding my my hand down mid thigh, and I'm going, this is where my stress level is now. And if I hire people, my stress level now I'm holding my hand at my shoulder. My stress level is here. If I hire people. And that's the same as um, travel dog. Yeah. So you want to avoid the whole, you know, having to be an asshole or naturally being an asshole thing. Well, not only that, but if it is this of, I live a very low key, low stress life. And if I wanted to be more successful, I would have to live a higher stress life. And my dad always says, it's like, oh God, I love the stress. I love waking up at 430 in the morning and going in and, you know, into the office and dealing with problems. And I love stress. Motivates me. Fuck that, man. Stress. I have a, my body has a adverse physiological reaction to stress. It's just who I am. So that's what I don't like about myself is I just, I can't handle adversity, I guess. You know, and that sucks that I can't handle adversity because that's part of life is dealing with adversity. And, there are times when I deal with adversity and I fucking lament on it for days thinking about it. I mean, you ever been in the one of those situations? Well, I'm sure you have where it happens. And then like three hours later, you're like, fuck, I should have said that. I should have done that. Yeah. The, the jerk star called they're They're running out of you. Yes. Yeah. Happens no. all the time. And it fucking, it, that shit fucking drags with me for, for days. And I don't like it. I don't like that I'm not as smart as I as I could be, um, and you know, smart people have retorts for shit like that, and I just don't. So I'm just an average human being, just kind of working my way through life. Not going to make a big impact on this world. That's just and that's just who I am. And sometimes I don't like it. And what the fuck, man? It's, All right. So you have anything for uh, listener re reaction roundup? A little bit. Okay. But you've, you've read it already. Howdy, partners. Now it's time for Listener Reaction Roundup. Yee-haw! Okay, go ahead. All right. Wife of Show Jen. No, 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 said, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. What? Hold on. Go ahead. Hi, Wife of Show no, Jen. Why don't you just let her talk about it? So, <laughs> okay. why don't you bring it up? <laughs> 
I just wanted to say that Matthew never even asked me to do the open last week. So I, I didn't have yes. a choice. So he didn't I give saw me the choice. So it yes. was not me. He's a horrible human being. Okay. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's back. Okay. Well, so so I want to I want to like give myself a little bit of a an out on that and you know you and I are not subject to the whims of social media per se mm-hmm. and she is an executive at at a company where she is and you know her just being married to me puts her in danger of lots of shit okay <laughs> and. I I realize and I recognize that certain things are not in her and therefore my best interests. And okay. I, I saw the Bill Cosby thing and I'm just like, eh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm going to punt on this one. And to my defense, when I read her what it was, she said, yeah, I wouldn't have done it anyway. So even though I did not give her the option, she wouldn't have done it anyway. So you lied. Eh, you know, it's... It, it, all the truths we tring- <laughs> cling to depend on a certain point of view. Okay, what's that from? Really? Empire Strikes Back? No, it's from um, it's from, from Jedi. Jedi. Okay, yes. All it's right. From General Greer said that I think. Yes, General Greer's yeah. said that while he was had his four lightsabers out and fighting um, Chachi. Yeah, there Kenobi. you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, just that that wife of show Jen did say, you know, um, you know, all is forgiven. Love the law section. So we're we're back on speaking terms. Okay, that's good. So we're gonna go to this next section, and we're gonna do it a little bit differently this week. But... Okay. I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. I'm going to ask you three questions. Okay. And based on those three questions, I'm going to see if I can guess what the movie is before you say what it is. Right, because what did I text you? You said that you can get to it directly. Correct. Okay. Have you talked about this this movie on the podcast before? Or have we talked about this movie on the podcast before? No. Is there a lot of nudity in this film? No. Is Burt Reynolds in this film? <laughs> yes. Okay, so I'm going out of the limb here. <laughs> I'm guessing that we're doing the Cannonball Run. Yes, we are. Roger Moore plays James Bond in the movie that we just talked about. He plays Seymour in this 1981 film. I'm going to give myself a because it's like, okay, do you know what the other two were? Uh, Empire Strikes Back? No. Okay. Uh Golden Child. Or, oh, Golden Child? Yep. There is a direct connection oh, to Golden Child. Oh, yeah. Jamie and Cersei's dad. Yep. Okay. And then uh, Life Force. I've never seen Life Force. Oh, there's a shitload of nudity in that movie. Okay. All right. And they're both 80s. Those were like the three. It's like, when you said that, I'm like, wait, there's not a lot here. <laughs> there, there's not a well, lot to dig Empire from. Empire Strikes Back or, or Last Crusade. Well, yeah, but I I knew you weren't going to do those. Okay. All right. So, before we move on, anything else about uh Cannonball Run? I I I threw the question up to Lawn Chair. I said, 
Should we do launch? Should we do Cannonball Run? Or should we do Spring Break? Which I watched the first five minutes of on Amazon. And I was like, ooh, this, this might be a good movie. But I don't want to watch it and then have to watch it again to take notes. So I left it up to Lawn Chair. And he goes, he says, you know, Cannonball Run was ruined by HBO. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I just watched it a ton as a kid when it was on HBO. But he goes, it might be a good movie to watch or a good movie to do for a podcast and listen about. Adrian Barbeau is in that, correct? Yes, I think so. She's, she's one in one or that... two. Yeah, it's there's a Lamborghini with two hot chicks that yep. are wearing. I don't know if that's outfits. one or two. So, yeah. All right. So I need you to pick a number between one and eight. You've already picked five, six, and seven. How come you didn't do this with me last time? Uh, because you? I don't know. I don't know. Wait, I, what did I pick? Five, five, six, seven. You picked five, six, and seven. Five, six, seven, eight. Felido, Shlomato, Hop and Scotch Incorporated. Okay, that's not even fucking close. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what number? I said eight. <laughs> you do that every time. No. Every time. Every time no, I pick a number, no, you make somebody that. Somebody is going to be very, very happy about the selection. Oh, God. Are we doing dirty dancing? No. Okay. No. You would You would veto. You already vetoed dirty dancing, didn't okay. you? Are we doing pretty in pink? Uh, no. We're, we're not playing this game. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you have anything else? I don't have anything else. Okay. Go ahead and bring us on home. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. You want to do a favor for the podcast? Tell one person. That's, that's That would make our day. One person. And say, you guys should listen to Matt and Doug. They are witty and funny and have a lot of good things to say. You want to reach out to the show, you can email us at betamaxrewind at yahoo.com. Like us or send us a message at betamaxrewind with Matt and Doug on Facebook. That's all I have to say. So next week, we will be back for oh, Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, Dom, Richard Moore. Richard Moore um. Diane Cannon. Is uh, it Diane Cannon? Yeah, I think she's in that. Di- Diane Cannon, Roger Moore, Terry Bradshaw. Uh, the, the guy with the uh, wonky eye. The, 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 the country singer that stutters. Yeah, uh, Terry Bradshaw. I said Terry Bradshaw. Okay, I wasn't listening. Will, come on. Um, um, oh, oh, God, oh, God Sammy God. Davis Jr.? Sammy Davis Jr., that dude, you said the guy with the wandering eye. Who's the crazy doctor that holds up the syringe? Yeah, the guy with the the proctologist. The other guy, guy. The other guy with the weird eye. Yeah. Uh, okay. Lots of people. And uh, Jackie Chan, I think, is actually in that film as well. He is in that. Yes, he is. And I think somebody actually died during, doing one of the stunts in that film. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. All right, so All we right. will see you next week for that. So, any closing? Ma <laughs> <laughs>